And Hello, everyone. It's me, Michael Nance, and this is Soul of a Truck podcast. Huh. Uh, again, my name is Michael Nance, and I'm joined here with by Sandy. And is Sandy, is your last name Nimmo? Nimmo, yeah, like limo. Sandy Nimmo is my co-host today. Sandy, how are you? Pretty good, thanks. Um, like I said, trying to juggle this between this time today between this and hype for the uh, Euro 2020 final, uh, which is taking place in 2021, but just about dealing with it. Um, I'm ready to cover a song that's so good that one of the regular hosts refused to cover it. <laughs> that's right. Um, frequent listeners, you may notice that we're missing Spencer. Um, he has turned the reins over to Sandy and I for this very special episode because he actually hates this song. So we'll get more into that once we get through this long preamble that we always do. Uh, so I, I have a question since you mentioned Euro, Sandy. Yeah. What do you think? This is something that, uh, well, first of all, is it coming home? I mean, I live in Scotland, so it's coming <laughs> dangerously close to home, I feel, at best. Uh, it's honestly 50-50. I think um, Italy have maybe a slightly better team in paper, but England getting better and better since they drew with Scotland earlier in the tournament. Uh, they're the only, they're the only team that they haven't beaten, by the way. And uh, which is a small point of pride. <laughs> if they win, we can be unofficial world champions. But yeah, I'm just hoping for a good match. It's going to be good. Honestly, I am too, as a neutral American observer. Um I know that uh, England has been plagued with mediocrity on the world stage uh, for their national team. And outside of Euro, uh, my my dream is that uh, the United States wins a World Cup before England wins their second one. And so you, so you catch up like, even just for a small amount of time. Yes. And I, I don't I wonder what would the general uh opinion or uh, reaction be in Europe if that were the case, if the United States won a World Cup before England got the second. I don't know. I think it would health have to start, yeah. Um renouncing all the old ways, calling it soccer, um <laughs> deciding that football is actually a game mainly um involving hands. <laughs> All that stuff, I think. <laughs> I mean, we've just we, we've realised that the women's game is, you know, math, massively superior in in the US, and I think that's just because you prioritise it. Yes. So you know, we, we've Definitely. had to make peace with that already. I think in England in general, because the when you say mediocrity, they they do okay, but because the English league is one of the world leading uh, leagues in football or, or soccer that's where the disparity or like perceived disparity comes from. So they always think they should be doing better, but they don't know exactly what their level is. And I think from a lot of people up uh, around me in Scotland, it can come across as hubris a bit from, from the media, all oh, yeah. the hype, you know, I think there's, like I said, I'm, I'm hopefully going to see, see the match with some friends after this. And I don't know, oh, best way I can put it is the, there's a lot of uh, lasagna and tiramisu waiting in the fridge. <laughs> Incredible. And uh, obviously no English beers. Um, if you are drinking beers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. 
I'm not sure how much my illusion uh, or allegiances run that deep. Um, we'll go for a vegan beer, something that's not been filtered yeah. through fish guts anyway. Um, <laughs> and I can yeah, see so any American fans of soccer spread the word. I know it's like, I think a bit more of a middle class or less accessible sport over there. Um, but uh, best of luck at the next World Cup. Oh, well, thank you so much. I mean, what you, you nailed it on the head in terms of the disparity between the women's and men's national teams. If we put our best male athletes on the field every year for the World Cup, we would probably be a contender every year. I mean, it's no joke. Like, I, I, I distinctly remember, I, don't, I think it was like two World Cups ago, I, whenever the United States played Portugal, mm -hmm. and I think it was in the quarterfinals, and we had a player named Jermaine Jones, and that dude was like 6'5", and it just a huge, he looked like a foot, like an American football player. And he scored from like 30 feet outside the box. I mean, he just kicked a screamer right past the Portugal goal. I remember that. And you could tell. Yeah. And I was like, if we had all of our forwards like that, there'd be nobody who could beat us. There's just no way. Or if our keeper was like, like, Le, like LeBron James or something, like a six foot six guy with like a huge wingspan, no goals are getting. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the goalkeeper is a specialist enough position that like, uh, physical build or you know being a freak of nature or otherwise starts to matter a bit more uh, yeah. otherwise you know it's, it's things coming and going I, I do remember that Portugal match that like you almost won and then uh, gave up a goal like in the very last second <laughs> at the very end yeah. yes that was yeah near glory um, glorious failure that's that that's the typical um, uh, sort of region that Scottish football inhabits as well <laughs> almost qualifying for stuff um that's where we're at um which hurts again as a mainly footballing nation anyway it's really good to be that on this right. um impromptu soccer podcast yeah absolutely i mean as we discussed during last week's episode or maybe it'll be two weeks ago uh 68 we uh are a euro 2020 podcast now yeah. that happens to talk about the killers sometimes yes i should so. say yeah it's the, the band, the killers, right? We're not one of those like sea of true crime podcasts. <laughs> People often ask me that uh, whenever I say I'm doing a killers podcast, they're like, oh, you do true crime. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, it's much worse. <laughs> much worse. Yeah, that's about right. That's, that's about the end of it. Yeah. So uh, it, it is difficult to explain this podcast sometimes, but uh, if you're newly initiated, uh, we discuss a killer song every week, uh, the band, the killers, that is. So we just pick a track, we break it down and uh, we generally get off topic and talk about other things like Euro 2020. So, yeah, no, and that's why I think it can be hard to, um, you know, even like know this podcast exists. And luckily I did find out. Oh, yeah. Well, we're fortunate to have Sandy as well. Uh, the the mashups that you've made for us so far have all been transcendent. So, Well, there's only one way they can go from here. <laughs> and it, it, I was also vindicated in uh, the mashup of TikTok and My God not working because... I think no they almost worked rhythmically for like two seconds. I kind <laughs> right, of got what... Just that one bit. Yeah, I kind of got what Spencer meant, but yeah. <laughs> He was devoted to it. He was he's he still stands by it. But, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So um, as we mentioned, this is a very uh, exciting week that we're doing a, a staple of the killer's pantheon. And um, I was wondering when this one would come around. 
Yeah. Um, lucky enough, I was told behind the scenes. Um, I think it was uh, pretty much the first uh, Killer song I heard, uh, if anyone doesn't know. And uh, yeah, it makes an impression. Uh, but I need I needed um, let's see yeah it made a good impression but I didn't know about the band at first. Absolutely, I mean I think for a lot of people and especially here in America, this is the first uh, Killers track that um, was played on the radio and was became a pop hit. So it, I mean, we were instantly inundated with this song being played over and over, both on the music video channels and the radio. So. And the radio still was, a, you know, I think it was a bigger driver than it is nowadays, certainly with like Spotify and discovering things via random playlists and everything and, you know, and other sort of streaming uh, platforms. But yeah, certainly as far as- Definitely. Is, is that similar to how you found out about it? Oh, definitely. I mean, this song came out in 2004, 2003, 2004. So the radio was pretty much the only way other than like we had a, a music video channel called Fuse that I would watch very frequently. And this was on rotation there all the time. And it was even on MTV. So uh, that was pretty much how I was going to get exposed to any new music around this era. And this in addition to other songs like Franz Ferdinand's Take Me Out and um, what I think Muse's first song, first hit the came big out. Big one was maybe like time. Hysteria, Time Is Running Out. Yeah. Yeah, Time Is Running Out. But that was the, the other one that was playing on rotation a lot with this one. Um, one of the newer Incubus albums, they were playing a lot of that around this time. And so it was kind of this, uh, I guess this is like right in the thick of the post-punk revival that came around in alt, mu alt rock music around that yeah, time there was a moment i think kaiser chiefs were big around my uh, around here as well over the pond and um it, there was yeah a small period in time uh midway through the 2000s where like indie rock or yeah post-punk was pop music for a bit um yes but yeah no there yeah so yeah mostly the radio um broke that sort of thing did you um you can be, you could be exposed to stuff a different way, though. I certainly was. Oh, how's that? Somebody told me. I'm terribly sorry. Wow, perfect. I was wondering how we were going to introduce the song. <laughs> For anyone listening at home, um, we were about to make this um, a hell on earth experience for Spencer when he edits because I can't uh, record my audio track separately at all. So <laughs> it'll come through mine um, and it'll start oh, at various perfect. different times. Although I think, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I was thinking of trying to do some elaborate pun like you guys normally do. But oh, yeah. There's very little few words that almost sounded. You could have gone as like somebody to hold me route with it. Yeah. But everything everything I internally workshop sound increasingly desperate in tone or tragic oh, you're or both enter a, a dangerous zone of puns where you're just forcing, forcing essentially Mad Libs. Yeah. Forcing but... Mad Libs or yeah, just exposing far too much. <laughs> too much. Well, too it, it, yeah. it's uh we we're here at uh somebody told me episode 70. We're finally, to the big 
the big intro track from The Killers. Obviously, this is not the first song on Hot Fuss, but it is the first song that most people heard by The Killers. I mean, it, we we just played the song and played the music video in the watch together. And this this video is like burned into my brain from how many times I saw it. Yeah, it's pretty iconic. They want, I think they, they had the image from the get-go. Lots of razzle-dazzle. Um, just, yeah, small stills. Like, what was it? Was it Brandon Flowers like, pressed against the screen? And Yes. Uh, and what was it? Ronnie's slow motion whacking of the drums. and <laughs> Yeah. So, then we cut to Dave, and there's a big screen back, back behind them. I mean, obviously, this is in the middle of the desert where, like, 85% of Killer's videos are filmed. And I'm sure it's where they exist at least 85% of the time as well. Certainly. Uh, I mean, up until, well, I mean, Utah is essentially the desert too. It's just more mountainous, I guess, than Nevada. But this is this is uh, a, a huge like projector screen behind the band as they play the song in the middle of the desert. You can't ask for anything more killers than this. I'd agree. Like, it's... Yeah, the killers are kind of they want to be really gritty, but can't help wanting to be yeah, glitzy and flamboyant at the same time. So, uh, right, they kind of set their stall out, like at least from my perspective from the get go. Maybe that's really what the album cover of Battleborn is trying to just to portray: is that the car versus horse <laughs> is the <laughs> the glitz. I prefer a car versus killers. horse. You know, yeah, is it like a sort of masculinity <laughs> parody almost like? <laughs> I think there's actually it could a, be. A, oh yeah, sorry. No, I just said it could be. It could be. Yeah. So I, I remember there, one thing that almost definitely is, and could be meant totally sincerely. Just thinking all this stuff is awesome. But there's a there's a Jack White music video for Lazaretto, which is a really good song, and it's just yeah. like lots of motorbikes and glass shattering and cool cars and women and like. I think there must be some angle to it, but the more I watch it, the more I think maybe there's maybe there isn't. Right. Maybe it's just you take it at surface value. It's just cool cars and women and all the things that rock and roll yeah. uh, evokes. People like that. Um, I've heard a country song or two in my, in my spare time uh, where there's you got to hit all, all the cliches. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like in beer, jeans, trucks. Trucks. Trucks, places to get trucks stuck, fields, <laughs> uh, you know, girls having legs, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those 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 women with legs they drive us wild here yeah. down in Texas. Oh yeah, no, remember I have a total outsider's impression of Texas as well. So, uh, I I really appreciate that. I mean, I've grown up here in Texas my whole life and it, it really is like its own cultural nexus even in america yeah. uh there's a lot of texas pride which some is i guess warranted some is not but it, it gets it borders on the insane sometimes you gotta have things to be proud of um certainly here in glasgow we're proud of being able to deep fry almost anything oh okay so it's just it's like just like america <laughs> oh yeah maybe it's not as unique as i thought <laughs> out there, my, my mother just appeared in the background, which is fun. Arthur updating Hello, me on the result of the uh, 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 the Wimbledon final. 
Who won? Novak Djokovic. Oh, I mean, he's number one right now, so that, that tracks. Yeah, he wins more often than not. Uh, one of these guys you can sort of just never put away. It's like, it's pretty incredible to watch sometimes. Anyway, that was a nice distraction. It's- it may or may not stay in the pot, <laughs> in the cup. <laughs> it's up to it's up to Spencer, who will inevitably do the editing yeah. for this episode. Poor bastard. I'm not across at my mother's all the time. I promise. Oh, they're in. oh. no, no judgments here. If you were, I mean, I my mom lives about an hour and a half away. I visit her from time to time, but I know she would frequently be on the pot if I was at her house right now. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I get strange ideas about Spencer's weird flatmate from when he was on last time. Yeah, <laughs> no, I live about half an hour away, just like the other side of Glasgow um, from my mum. But, you know, it's nice to visit every now and again. And because I'm seeing um, her house is closer to uh, my friends I'm going to see the football afterwards with. So it seemed to make logistical sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, are you you're going to a pub or are you going to go to uh, a friend's it's, house? Yeah, just around someone's house with like two or three other people. Very nice. Pubs are pretty. That's the superior stand. way. Yeah, you realize that eventually. <laughs> Although it was that they had like big screens in local parks for some of the Scotland games, and that and they, and they were that was really fun. Well, that's kind of cool. So you could watch it outdoors. Yeah, and, and let fewer COVID restrictions that way as well. We still have, I think, a uh... few more than there is in the US right now. Well, yeah, the US is basically down. open season. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, you eased up a bit quicker than us. Um, but our vaccine rollouts are going pretty well, so you know things are not as bad as they could be. Are you vaxxed yet? Uh, once I need my second dose to get a bit better. Okay, so you got to wait for the second. Yeah, all like this sort of Spider-Man stuff will kick in in a few weeks, I presume. <laughs> Yeah, we're superhumans here in America. We've never been able to get through Walmart faster. Yeah. Black Friday every day. That's what I heard. (laughs) It really is just an amazing experience right now being here. And people were just it's, it's interesting to me that people in America were so upset that they couldn't really go anywhere. But I was like, what do we really do anyway that is so upsetting? Okay, we can't go to the grocery store big deal you can get that delivered you can't i you know go out to the bar but beyond that like most people are just going home and watching tv anyway so yeah it's more acceleration of what um our future growing life will be as you know (laughs) prime candidates under jeff bezos that's that's true i mean i've already i i want to win the favor of jeff bezos early so that maybe my family can live in relative ease you'll be spared the fighting pits that way that's right exactly uh in once we're in bezos's fiefdom um i will willingly bend the knee okay oh that's good but no speaking of shopping um i just opened the reddit because that's what you guys do here i believe oh yes people are chatting chatting about in the killer subreddit uh totally unrelated to somebody told me just checking the top of this week. Um, okay. I think same as you, hopefully you get the same, but for me, there is a picture of a shop front with uh, the shops called Brandon's Flowers. It's suddenly relevant. I don't <laughs> Brandon's, think, Brandon's Flowers. Yeah. Actually, strangely reminiscent of um, 
the original name of Maroon 5. I think they were called Kara's Flowers back when they were an unsigned band. That is interesting. I didn't know Maroon 5 had an alternate name. They just seem like ubiquitous amongst pop music now. They've inserted themselves. I think they're, they're very pliable as far as bands go, you know. Definitely. It's, they're, you know, Ed Sheeran-ish in that way. I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's, the, I would say that you could also look at the killers this way, that like the first album by, or maybe the first couple albums by Maroon 5 had a bit of character to them. Like, oh, this, this band might turn into some kind of like strange funk project or something. Yeah. And now they've just kind of sublimated into this like generic, we make pop rock music with a funky backbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the, the killers are interesting in that they've carved their own path that way as well. And that Sam's Town was definitely not the direction rock was going. So that was like a bit of a risk. And I think since then they've sort of like furrowed their own niche, but also chased like commercialism as a good end goal in itself like wanting to be as big as Coldplay, wanting to be as big as U2 and whatever, and but somehow want to maintain their own artistry as well. Like it's a fine line that the killers like, I think, and Brandon Flowers especially tries to walk all the time in that. But I think he sees artistic merit in in accessibility and like yes. universal appeal which is a fun and could be a difficult line to tread. Like the idea of the, I don't know, grand unifying melody or something. Am I making any sense? Is that like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Basically speaking to a greater collective conscious with your music than trying to carve out your own like indie niche. Mm -hmm. So, which we, you know, we recently, I guess, maybe, I guess it was episode 68. We did uh, Andy, You're a Star. Mm -hmm. And God, I just, I forget after listening to, I mean, I've listened to Hot Fuss since we're doing Somebody Told Me. It's it's apropos, but I've listened to Hot Fuss so many times. And it's so much darker than any other Killers album. Even, yeah, even not not just the feeling, but you can tell just from the number of songs that are in the minor key, like, yes, makes a big difference that way. Uh, You can maybe tell some of the original tracks were more driven by the band as a whole. Um, and just some grooves and but yeah the themes they they very much took the idea of being the killers to heart there's a, a, a tri- the, the murder trilogy and all that stuff and yeah just like a lot of dark themes and but at the same time just like super catchy songs that work um absolutely and then andy you're a star is 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 unfortunate in that it follows um all these things that i've done which is probably it's crazy how many hits are on this album. It's tough you know, for any song side. to do. Yeah, it like, really is. I do think the second half is worse, and I think there's, but there's maybe a way you could have ordered Hot Fuzz that would make it better. Like, I don't know if you like it the most, but I probably, as an album experience, would put like Samstown and Day and Age higher. Yes, easier to listen to all the way through. Um, I think the second half of Hot Fuzz, like, there's some songs that I think are all right, but I would just take on top really and. None of the other ones are really up there for me. Truthfully, yeah. I mean, I, I've we, we we read some people's lists for Hot Fuss, and we were vindicated in that most people think Andy You're a Star is in the bottom three. Though I did ha- I did see some people putting things like Change Your Ch- Change My Mind. I think is the best song in the second half of this album. That's and, a, yeah. um 
That's and a, that's a, it's a pretty good one. That's a, that's a decent opinion. It rolls along. It's like it's not it's not very fussy. It's not trying to be like massive and stadium ish and grand. It's just a neat little tune. It's almost like strokes ish. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I didn't even know about that because it wasn't on the UK version of Hot Fuss. Oh, that's right. That you guys got a uh, glamorous indie rock and roll. Glamorous indie rock and roll. One of the only ironic um, set of lyrics Brandon Flowers has written. That one and the man, I think, are the only two. <laughs> Times he's not been deadly serious about everything. Yeah, truthfully, I mean, Brandon Flowers is deadly serious about his poetry. Yes, even the murderer stuff. Yeah, even the murderer stuff, which raises further questions. But it's uh, this this song, though, somebody told me does have like a it, it it's so perfect for it being the first hit that the killers released because it kind of checks all those boxes. It has weird Brandon lyrics. It's kind of dark. But it's very, very catchy. Very, very catchy. Um, everyone's bringing it to the table. Like the bass line is one of the highlights of the song, which doesn't happen in every killer song. Like spe- right. especially that chorus is sort of the bom 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 bom. It's like really stands out. Is deliberately high in the mix. Kind of like Jenny was a friend of mine. Yeah, that's really good. Anyway, we've diverted again from Brandon's Flowers shop. I'm sure it's a good shop. <laughs> um, Kara's Flowers is not. There are a few bands um, named after shops. I think Fountains of Wayne's another famous one. Huh. I didn't know they were named after a shop. Yeah. It's a strange, dumb-sounding shop. But yeah, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's some New Jersey store that's now closed. Oh, that tracks. New Jersey's... Uh... It's I would say the Wild West, even though it's on the East Coast. But again, no, we don't really know what's going on over there. Yeah, well, then listen to Bruce Springsteen. That's all again, all I can do. Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or my Chemical Romance. I think they're from there as well. They paint very different pictures. Oh my god, they paint very different yes. different pictures of New Jersey. One has far more vampires. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Are there any shops in Austin, like local to you, that you think would make decent band names? Ooh, wow. Um, I mean, there's a, a a restaurant near me called Juan in a Million. It's a Mexican restaurant. Okay. And I think that would be a great uh, a, a great band name, especially, if, or even an album name for maybe like a Latino band. Uh, Juan in a Million. Uh, uh, Juan, Juan in a Million. Uh, besides that, I mean, Austin's full of little weird shops that are referenced, in, especially in like emo and lo-fi punk music, especially if they came from Austin, you know, like, uh, are you familiar with Unknown Mortal Orchestra? Yes. Uh-huh. They, uh, they reference, uh, Uchiko in, uh, one of their songs. And that's a very popular sushi restaurant here in Austin. Wildly expensive. Yeah, well, if it can be name checked in a song, then yeah, there must be. It must have some sense, or yeah, some sense of cool about it. Some factor. Definitely. I mean, the Motor Orchestra has taken off as a very hip band from where they started. I remember first hearing about them and being like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And now they're much bigger. They're kind of indie staples. Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's good to see. You know, trajectories you can't ever tell. Like I think. 
the killers were, were on probably the same trajectory as Franz Ferdinand, like you said before earlier. And then suddenly, um, the uh, I think yeah, Samstown changed things. They definitely positioned the killers as more of a sort of like festival headlining band, at least in terms of sound, and the popularity sort of changed that way. Whereas Franz Ferdinand sort of like stuck to their niche, and it was just got it was taken as a bit more arty. Um, Definitely. I don't know enough about unknown mortal orchestra to take it take the conversation any further in that direction, but maybe that's a kick up the pants. I need to give them more of a listen. They're great. Uh, I I think that, uh, but you're you're completely right with the killers. It's interesting to me that Samstown is so different, mm-hmm. and the d- direction they were going to go. It could have been very different after Samstown. They could have just continued to try and blaze that trail, but I think they kind of re- they kind of reined it in a little bit with Day and Age because it's definitely for the average listener more palatable than some of the stuff that's on Samstown. And mm-hmm. um, no, I I defer to you in that actually. I think that the kind of light, later sound Day and Age maybe um, had felt if maybe felt it needed to be there to balance like how dark and existential a lot of the lyrics in that album were. Yeah, absolutely. You had that spaceman theory about having to cope with like you know, how your life changed you to fame. Um, the you know human is kind of you know free will v determinism ish. I think I don't know what's going on exactly in that song. Right. Um, and there's uh, a good night travel wells about death. Uh, even joyride right. could be in a, a sort of like. I don't know, apocalyptic type. <laughs> yeah, one last dance yeah. before going dark. And obviously this is your life is pretty existential as well. And Right. Um, yeah, so as I'm saying, like, there's actually, they got into really heavy themes in day and age, but sort of like very much switched up the music. So who knows what's going on? That's true. I, I, I don't know what I I feel like day and age and... Man, this is a tangent of all tangents has gotten hey it, it was where brandon really started to write like directly about his personal life in a way that was very obvious because if, if you listen all the way through on hot fuss it's like okay these songs could be about like something brandon's going through or they could just be about some weird murder he read about in the paper in nevada or something crazy that happened in las vegas it's a story same thing with samstown it seems kind of like it's a i don't know it's almost a concept album. Almost. Almost. Like, there's that, like, sense of wanting to break free and wanting to forge your own path in life and, like, the steps you need to take that. But sort of balancing that with the pull you feel to your roots and your home. And I think you get a grasp of something like that when you listen to it. And the way it's sequenced kind of makes you want to inhabit that space again it feels kind of conceptual although maybe like the exolude and interlude thing is a kind of a bookend or like a shortcut to that right yeah oh let's see should we check the first um linked reddit thread yeah yeah massive uh, mad google doc about somebody talking warning to everyone this this google doc will be uploaded on the patreon for patrons so you can see the hellscape that Spencer created for us. Spoilers, we're not doing all of this. Uh, Spencer's not here, so this is going to be my big middle finger to Spencer, being like, what were you thinking with this Google Doc? Um, if you've listened to all of our episodes, 
Uh, I truly appreciate it, first of all. But human is like four hours long. And it's because of a Google Doc like this. Uh, and in these types of episodes, you can probably hear me getting like audibly frustrated with Spencer making yeah. a Google like there's like six covers in a row that are just like a, a preteen girl playing a guitar in her room. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that sure sounds like the same song, Spencer. Yeah. Just don't appreciate all the angles, Michael. Right, it's true. It's it's really just me. I I I need to look for more Beatles posters and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, strange taupe colored walls and poor audio recording quality. That's what I should be appreciating. Yeah, different levels. Two forty p versus one twenty p. So yeah, I'll do, for the sake of you being the proper host, I'll defer to how you want to cut this down. <laughs> Ah, you hear that, Spencer? I know you're going to listen to this when you're editing, wringing your hands in anger. <laughs> All right. So what one do you want to go? Uh, want to We're going to start at the top here. We'll start with this. Uh, a question about somebody told me from the Reddit. Okay. So uh, this is from user Space Giraffe 18 almost a year ago, who says, I'm new to this Reddit and this sub. It's nice to interact with other fans and see opinions I agree with, new perspectives on others, and overall, and just overall killer's content in general. I learn new things every time I read posts. I think my favorite album is Sawdust. I know it's a bit different than their other stuff, but Sam's Town is a close second. I've been a fan for about a year now, but a few of their songs I've always listened to, including Somebody Told Me. Since it was a pretty popular song, it's one of my favorites. i got to get to this guy's question. This is a lot of exposition. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, I noticed a few replies in other posts about people not liking it, so I've been wondering as to why. It's crazy that it says a question, and there is not a single question mark in this huge paragraph. There's only one at the very end. Yeah, Uh, that's the same. This person is just trying. Yeah, it is the same. It's the side question gets a question mark. So they're just asking general questions about how Reddit works. But this is just a general question about why people don't like somebody told me. So, so sorting my best. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Sorting by best. Uh, I would love Sam's Town. Oh, Sam's Town. I can't read acronyms correctly. Um, (laughs) User Agka. Um, A-G-K-G-A, prob- prob- sorry if I pronounced that wrong, says, I would love somebody told me solely for the fact that it's so campy, but I also love that it set them apart from a lot of bands in the post-punk revival era by having a disco element. I think it's a beautifully written pop song and might actually be underrated nowadays, though I can't say I've personally witnessed a lot of diehards saying they don't like it. So, yeah, seems fair. I can see why people thought that was like quite a decent post and respectful of like a bunch of opinions definitely i kind of agree i mean i and i can agree with that yeah i that's a pretty good take honestly um even though it only has eight upvotes i think that's a pretty um well-written take on why sam or somebody told me would be contentious amongst the killers fandom i mean spencer's not here for that reason it's not a bad song it's just that it's if you've been listening to the killers since the beginning you've heard it hundreds of times so it's just like noise at this point a little bit and i can see how the we'll get onto the lyrics in a moment that's probably what we'll mainly talk about this but like the subject matter could seem a bit frivolous compared to later songs and among the killers fandom i think there are quite a lot of people that like the more serious 
quote unquote serious stuff and don't like yeah. don't like pop music, even though the killers is very much pop music and might be not like this dance or disco adjacent stuff. Right. Um, shall we f- shall I find the most controversial one? Oh. Yes, yes. So sort by controversial and see what they say. Great. All right. So user Mata Dinosaurios name says the average victim doesn't have somebody told me in the highest regard because of how upbeat and clubby it is. So similar sort of stuff to before. Well, this is a right. very, very well-mannered thread, I think. I think almost everything is, is pretty good here. I would agree with that. It's a good representative of their initial synth-heavy sound, but having other fan favorites to choose from, like Mr. Brightside or all these things I've done, it's easy to disregard it sometimes. Well, that this is a very respectful thread yeah. because Machops Don't Cry isn't involved. No, but... he's not lobbed. Yeah, a sort of <laughs> um, chaos grenade in it here. It's all too, right. all far too nice. But fortunately, he's in the next thread. So really? the second thread, I think, is posted by Machops Don't Cry. Uh, Let's see. Oh, yes, okay. It is. This thread says. Which version of Somebody Told Me do you prefer? And it's a poll. It's either the demo version or the studio version. And with 188 votes, studio version won handily with 171. To 17. So 10 to 1 yeah. numbered. First post, <laughs> top post, the chops don't cry. Shock, this is so one-sided. Shocked face. Um, I think uh, he, uh, in the past he's expressed, pretty much brings up, uh, anytime somebody told me he's mentioned that he likes the the demo version, which I've yes. heard, and to anyone who's listening who hasn't heard it, it's slightly slower, a slightly more chaotic, echoey mix, um, and maybe a slightly rawer vocal. Apart from that, it's the exact same song. Um, <laughs> I think maybe if you really didn't like slick production you might prefer the the demo but i think there's not much between them do, do you know what they're talking yeah. about yeah oh yeah the, the i think spencer and i have listened to the demo version probably not on pod yet but we've we've definitely listened to the demo version before and it, it's it's pretty similar mm-hmm. it's 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 the same song you wouldn't listen to it and say oh my gosh this is they they definitely had to change everything in the the production version but it's. I guess this is just one of those Machops Don't Cry opinions that you just got to roll with. Yeah. I think it doesn't seem to be the biggest um, thread, so there's nothing that's either, like, I think the best is also the worst, which is also the most controversial. Right. Et it's one of those threads. Yeah. There is even another Machops Don't Cry one. Are you happy for us to go to this oh, one as well? Is. Because it looks like there's a, quite a few details you could go into with that one. Okay, here it is. The third one. From there's a, another Machops Don't Cry thread. It's pick a look, pick a Brandon Flowers look, uh, colon, somebody told me. And then it's an image of all the different Brandon looks over the years. Well, except it, all the way up into day and age. They, I guess this was posted or this image came before Battleborn era and uh, Dub Dub mm-hmm. era Brandon were a thing. So I think they're kind of stills from the videos. That's kind of what it looks like. Ah, uh, yes. So as yeah, okay. one with the longer hair that you've seen in Somebody Told Me video and the rest, it even has like this funny spaceman semi-lobster yeah. get up. <laughs> right. Like the football pads that he's wearing. and <laughs> Yeah. 
also, I mean, we're, we've also got, I mean, I super appreciate Samstown era Brandon with like the horrible mustache and like the riverboat gambler vibe. Yeah. And the bolo but, tie. And it's a look that, that's, that's committed to, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, honestly, I quite like it just because I like the, the, the passion in that era. Like if you look up performances, like when they played in Scotland, like was it Tea in the Park 07? There's a real fire. Like he seems angry on stage. I think this is his most, I think this is the closest he was to being sort of, you know, into drink and drugs and the rest of the things. And he has a few wide-eyed looks through the whole thing. And I think he was in, when he was interviewed around about that time, he said that, because there was initial bit of like, you know, middling reviews to the Samstown direction, he really like believed in the songs and was almost angrily performing them. And while I like, you know, the super relaxed version of Brandon Flowers we got now, there's something in in the way he was during Samstown that I like. Oh, definitely. We for for um uh, Andy, you're a star. We watched a performance and I think it was from around that era. It, it was definitely early Brandon. Yeah. And uh, during the, and I'm sure it's been posted on the Reddit and talked about, I think we've even linked a video to it before, but <laughs> in their performance of Andy, you're a star, Brandon is really vibing hard. And then during the uh, guitar part, after the lyrics kind of fade out and you get just like the solo guitar from Dave, mm-hmm. Brandon is doing this weird like puppet dance. Well, turkey jerky type stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes. He's a big fan and, of that. Right. And it's just one of those like, wow, this was like peak Brandon as like, I am an artist and this is what artists do. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I think that was that, that right there can be, kind of a distillation of what Sam's town was as a creative project. Yeah, no, I agree. And anyway, the, the top, the top comment in this thread has over 50 upvotes. So pretty popular. Oh, wow. From feeling blue user it says, I'm personally a big fan of whatever the hell the spaceman look is. And <laughs> I don't know. This house agrees, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what a crazy ass video. Yeah. Oh, no idea what it was. Whereas the most controversial opinion on this thread. Oh, same, same, same comment. <laughs> okay, just for the hell of it, let's see what the worst one is. No, no negatives. Nobody's been deleted out of existence, unfortunately. No, deleted hasn't come up. You know, it's like one of these ones that's perennially popular, just like how own goal has like is like the top scorer in the Euros. and user run for cover with a four instead of the word for because he's there he or she is that hip says human i love the blazer with feathers and i like that as well but no yeah nobody's downvoted here i'll take that it's pretty interesting to me because you could if you're a fan of RPGs, you could even look at this image and be like, oh, this is just Brandon leveling up over the years. I mean, he's finally gotten to the era and day and age where he can wear shoulder pads and epaulettes. <laughs> so, you know, his armor is increasing. I've seen. So I, I will. Oh, 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 you mean, he, you mean he, looks, like he looks more impenetrable. Right. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, you can't find a more intimidating look in this image than Brandon in those weird uh, ep- ep- football pads and like mad max get up from the uh spaceman video okay 
Nope. 80s never went away. No, not for Brandon, at least. <laughs> now, let's, I'm looking at these rest these Reddit threads mm-hmm. and seeing what, what let's see. I, I want to find some controversial stuff here. Yeah. Um, this has been far too nice. <laughs> right. Uh, there's some kind of like Animal Crossing thread that Spencer's linked. Uh, that's what it looks like to me. I'm going to click on this, just see what it says. Um, uh, no, this one's, I, I give me something controversial, Spencer. Let's see. I'm gonna, Brian stopped in the middle of somebody told me, was that, I think that might be to do with like a sort of, um, performance that went wrong, like, you know, the guitar okay. cut out or something. Maybe it's got an angry Brandon moment. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I like this. This is from I. This is a dubious username. User Inbomb two twenty. That's I. I hope that just is like your nickname, dude. Uh, Brandon just stopped in the middle of somebody told me to stop a fight in Chicago. Now, without context, there's no video either, which is is super unfortunate. But I would love if Brandon was jumping down into the pit to stop a fight. But I'm sure he was just screaming from the mic. But yeah, probably. Do you want to bring up the video in question or not? Oh yeah, there is a video. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let me, I'm going to put this in the watch together. Cheers. Let's see. And I guess we have to go to, what's this timestamp here? Okay. Okay. Two minutes, 16 seconds in. Oh wow! Security guards are doing He's serious. He looks serious. Wow! Okay. Wow, they're actually not playing Somebody Told Me, they're playing Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. And what I quite like is how the end of uh, the clues clarified, second verse, same as the first. Uh, the <laughs> right. one thing that everyone knows about Mr. Brightside. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that video. I mean, we got Brandon saying, stop fucking fighting, yeah. which is... <laughs> So he's so clearly upset. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the, the, there was no like sense of humor in there. It was wide eyes. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> oh my god, this is a killer show, dude. What are you doing fighting? Yeah. Especially during Mr. Brightside, everybody should just be joyously jumping around and jumping up and down. The song. Yeah, no, like, right. Pro- proper mosh pits are for like something like be still, you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this this is a great video to me. I have seen enough shows that I love these types of moments with bands, especially big bands like the Killers, when mm-hmm. the facade drops briefly and they're just people like, you know, interacting with other people. Yeah. Uh, when I was in uh, it, it, here at ACL in, my like, gosh, maybe 2008, the Foo Fighters were one of the headlines. Mm hmm. And that was truly one of the only bands I wanted to see. So I stayed at the main stage all day and made my way to the front. And during uh, one of the songs, I think it was Monkey Wrench, uh, some dude got on stage and tried to run and give Dave Grohl a hug. 
Yeah. And and the security guards just laid that dude out. I mean, they got him got him before he could even touch Dave Grohl. And I mean, they were be, being really rough with him, too. And Dave Grohl was like, he just stopped. He's like, leave the guy alone. Come on, stop roughing him up. He just probably had too many cores. Oh, thought he could come hug Dave. And he ended up giving that guy a hug anyway of his own accord. And I was like, oh, what a cool moment. That feels good. That could have ended in like far worse ways in in a bunch of different directions. Now I'm glad to hear that. I remember yeah. how like cool Run the Jewels were with the fans when I saw them live. Yes. During what in the middle of one of their songs is a breakdown and um any would be like harassers, especially male harassers, were called out. And I think Killer Mike um said that he'd happily punch anyone in the face that did it. Um and also halfway th- about yeah later on in the set, uh, they brought a random uh, fan on the stage to a cappella rap the whole of our first first a song, and oh my god, there were being such like both people both LP and Killer Mike from Run the Jewels were just being complete hype men, not like backing down or just like poo pooing this guy. Like I think Killer Mike started lifting him up after a while dragging him around oh the stage. God. Oh, that was beautiful. That is an incredible moment. I, I mean, I love Run the Jewels, so that just solidifies, or further solidifies their glory in my eyes. Oh, glad to hear it. Catch them live if you haven't. I'm, I'm hoping if I see them next year, they'll be touring with Rage, and like they'll, they'll, they'll bring Zach De La Rocha, or Zach De La Roca, I should say, on uh, to, to the songs that he has guest verses on. That would like... Oh, that would be. He was there for. We saw them at. Uh, I saw him at Fun 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 Fest in like 2014. I want to mm-hmm. say, and that and Zach De La Rocha was there. Oh. Um, they did stop the show in the middle because Sun Kill Moon was playing across yeah. the festival, and he and so LP asked the entire crowd to say "fuck you, Sun Kill Moon" to see if they could hear it. Okay. And I was like, "This is this is perfect. This is what this is what I want out of crowd interaction." Sun Kill vibe. <laughs> uh, again i'm sorry yeah no i love it oh no that that sounds i know I, I i would die i'd um i thought i'd never have a chance to see rage against the machine play live after i became you know a sort of you know posthumous fan although none of them are dead but it would never get back together again and it might just happen so yeah in any case i think with seeing brandon swearing is now a good time to take a look at the lyrics you think yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's look at these lyrics here. For somebody told me they're very Brandony. Uh, Sandy, would you like to read the annotations or would you like to read the lyrics? Uh, I shall. I think for now I'll take the lyrics. Okay, I'll read the annotations. So I'll start with the intro here. To somebody told me. Great. Uh, about somebody told me is the second single by American rock band The Killers. The song is featured on the group's debut album, Hot Fuss, and was written by Dave Kuning, Ronnie Benucci Jr., Mark Stormer, and Brandon Flowers. Somebody Told Me has been released twice in slightly different forms. The first, with the pink background cover, is the rarer version of the single, as it was their first release of it. Due to poor sales, not as many were produced. When re-released, the cover art sported a blue background color and is the more common version of the single. Okay. This song grew popular as, though it seems to be about a romantic encounter or possibly an ex of some sort, the whole thing was about the process of creating, writing, and designing a song, about how incredibly difficult it is, and then how, as the chorus says, it can still turn out to look like something that else that was made first. That's interesting. Oh, I 
I'll, um, heads up, I've never not read this genius page before, and I've never read like read the song that way. That that is that's interesting. If it is that credited at all? No, that's not credited. Uh, I'm worried just because. It, I mean the the middle part about the different versions. I that's probably easily. Mm-hmm you know look upable but yeah. this, this other part about what the song's really about i have never read the song this way so yeah. interesting well let's see what we can take with it and as it what have the artist said about the song oh i can take this but it's a quote from 2013 when brandon flowers was talking about all the songs on direct hits is this song really brought out all the band strength at that time i was 20 21 and just trying to write about what I was doing and seeing in these indie nightclubs in Vegas. I was listening to Pulp and David Bowie, trying to channel all that stuff. It's one of Mark's greatest moments in the bass too. It's a really great collaboration. Did I not sound like Brandon Flowers enough, Michael? <laughs> this song really brought I mean... out all the band's strength at the time. <laughs> incredible I, I like that i mean uh, what's your opinion of my brandon accent it's it's good it's like it's it's him in spirit and it's maybe slightly lower voice than he is because he's he's got that intonation but he's not completely elvis yeah that's true i, I do play that up a little bit bringing it deeper than it probably actually is it's good though Oh, so now we're we're on to the lyrics. Great. First one. Breaking my back just to know your name. 17 tracks and I've had it with this game. All right. Annotation. Uh, I'm not logged into Genius, so I can't give these uh, annotators any credit. Uh, I refuse to log into Genius. So <laughs> if you made this con- contribution, let us know, you know. But this is from uh, a genius contributor who says, literally, the narrator has met somebody he likes while out dancing, probably at a club. But she is playing hard to get. After 17 songs, at least an hour's worth of flirting, he's fed up. It's weird that they took the time to make, you know, see how much how long that was. Yeah, at least an hour. Oh, again, like maybe not the length of the average Opeth song, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. <Okay>. <laughs> seventeen. It's uh. It's uh, you know. If it was seventeen Opeth songs, this would be <laughs> three, three, at least three hours of flirting. Yeah, imagine flirting with that backdrop as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> but additional. This line can use can uses interesting breaking interesting. my back to reference artists and how they work hard to, for example, just give a song a good name. Likewise, in the chronology of killer songs. Both the ones off Hot Fuss and their early unreleased demo tracks, somebody told me is their 17th track recorded. Referring again to themselves and how hard it is to create a good song and how weary it can make you. Is that true? This was the 17th song they recorded? That sounds like it was written by the same person that wrote the intro to this song, this genius track, right? It's very much pushing that. Right. Another genius lyric that's been hijacked by somebody with their own theory that is just completely unfounded. I mean, maybe I had I have I have heard that like Hot Fuzz of one sorry, um somebody told me this movie one of the last songs to be released with Hot yeah, when or being written for Hot Fuzz, uh when Hot Fuzz is being made. And obviously they have like almost an album's worth of songs like Get Trashed and Desperate. So it maybe rings true, but I have a feeling that's will be very hard to corroborate. 
Yeah, without a, an actual direct quote from Brandon or anyone, I, I can't. I can no can neither confirm or deny. Do you like the lyrics here? I mean, I think there's like proper power to them, like alliterative power. Like there's the internal rhyme of back and tracks, and it it hits home like with the music. Like, Definitely. Oh, especially the way the song starts, um, even if it's a little vague on what the lyrics are about. I mean, it's it's they hit all the marks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is good. I mean, have you how how do you find going to clubs and getting your Mac on, et cetera? <laughs> when there's so when somebody told me he's playing or just in general? In general, like or what, what, what I'd imagine this, you know, the, the lyrics are about. I, what I imagine these lyrics are about, it, it just seems like it fits in more with an idea of this being about like, yeah, going out in the night and having a night in the nightlife and trying to find someone to go home with. Yeah. But, you know, maybe this is about the, the writing process. I don't know. We'll have to learn. I mean, in my personal opinion, if you go out like hoping or planning for anything, it's you're going to fall flat on your face. Um, right. Yeah. Expectation. Mm -hmm. Go out to have fun, jump about, maybe even an indie disco for something like the Killers or Vampire Weekend or whatever is playing and just aim to have a good time and whatever happens, happens. That, that's definitely been like the more successful nights from my <laughs> limited experiences. 100%. If I go, I, I find the same for most things, even if it's not going out. If I put too much expectation on what I'm doing, whether it be going to a festival or going to a show or anything, and I, I, I really want it to be like this great experience, then it usually falls flat because I'll have overhyped it or, you know, I just put too much pressure on the event itself to be something that it may or may not be. You allow, your, you allow yourself to be surprised by the things you're not expecting, you know? And yeah, definitely. So maybe maybe that's what maybe in this first verse the the titular character is just trying too hard to get laid. I don't know. Maybe you know. <laughs> well, he's breaking his back. That seems drastic, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Again, maybe that's where maybe that's where Brandon first perfected those stage moves. Oh my god! Yes, he was doing the herky jerky dance. Herky jerky back breaking. <laughs> He was, I mean, he was basically breaking his back doing that Andy, you're a star dance. So if you, maybe that wasn't just the debut. You want to look for weird moves um, and from Brandon. I think there's a couple of times he does ones during things like Neon Tiger or generally in day and age, it's sort of like a strange, strange, like downward facing shoulder shimmy. Oh, God. Equally awkward, but <laughs> he's equally committed. So you know, I shall go on because um, it looks like a lot. There's no particular annotations, so the whole verse I think it just aligns more with this pre-established narrative. So we'll just maybe okay. discuss what the lyrics are like. Um, I'm breaking my back just to know your name, but heaven ain't close in a place like this. Anything goes, but don't blink, you might miss. Uh, a repeating of heaven ain't close in a place like this. I said, heaven ain't close in a place like this. Bring it back down, bring it back down tonight. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that also wasn't in the demo. I'm sure um, Machops Don't Cry doesn't like that one bit either. <laughs> he hates um, when there's ooh, oohs in the background of any song, so. 
Never thought I'd let a rumor ruin my moonlight. Okay. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty same. Again, over-dramatized. Heaven isn't close. I think it's trying to paint the picture of something that's quite dark, quite seedy. If I think he's saying it feels like a sort of um, clandestine or strange place that this titular character's in, right? Do you get that opinion? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's some kind of... Uh... Just a, it fits along with the darkness of the track, the like nightlife vibe. You're going to a place that maybe is a little divey. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I think for any no, um, nods to other killer songs, um, I th- sorry for to have spoils the pod slightly, but in interlude and exitlude, they pointedly go for the lyrics. Feels like heaven ain't far away, which is maybe a throwback to like or a little wink and a nod to how their sounds changed from this album to the to the next one. Am I maybe stretching there or reaching? No, no, not at all. I mean, I can definitely hear that. Yeah. That's good. Okay, well, we're revving up to the first annotated chorus, uh, which goes famously, well, somebody told me you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year. It's not confidential. I've got potential. And I mean, this is uh, this this is such an iconic chorus uh-huh. to me. Before I read the annotation, yeah, because it, it, it part of it, and especially as someone who was like a freshman in high school when this song came out, so I was like the the perfect demographic, okay. for this for this song. It, these lyrics really were a big part of what made this song take off so well because it's there's like this unspoken drama that really wasn't you know a bit beyond this character trying to get with whoever they're talking to and this room there's uh, outstanding rumor that hasn't even been addressed yeah then we get to the chorus and i guess this is the rumor you know like okay somebody told me yeah who, whispers <laughs> yeah so it, it it's just it's so perfectly Brandon because it's vague, but it also just kind of speaks to this strange drama that that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. It's not universal, but it's just it's perfect. Yeah, like no, I see what you mean. Like it's um, perfect for what it's trying to do. Like there's a sense of confusion. Um, in the same way that like you know, somebody told me you had a boyfriend, a little girlfriend. It nails this sort of like kind of meaningless <laughs> chorus that still has a strong sense of identity, but yeah, it sounds good when sung. It sounds good with the music. It just like works well like as a pop song, um, and could work in a club, say. Um, and you know, this is a really popular song. It reminds me of, um, did you ever hear, you know, Psy, the Gangnam Style guy? Yeah, yeah. He had a follow-up to um, Gangnam Style, which, you know, I think could never have been as popular as it was before. I think called Gentleman. And the chorus went, I'm a mother, father, gentleman. That Now that seems like it's, I'm just talking nonsense. And I probably am. Um, but I feel... What he was doing there kind of seems like playing up to, I don't know, like a, a Western person's idea of like broken, like, you know, 
uh, Koreans speaking broken English or something like that. Right. Um, and so it works well for a particularly strange purpose. And I think here it's just the words go well with the music. It's kind of strange. There's maybe a sense of androgyny about like the, um, the people or the clientele at the club. Uh, I have no idea about the confidential potential thing, but it rhymes and it sounds good. Right. I And this is to me, what like the that's the i guess cherry on top that makes it just fit so well into a brandon lyric uh souffle i don't even think you put cherries on a souffle i know nothing about culinary arts but yeah no all your all, you know, all, all your soufflés fall flat and right. i forgive you <laughs> but it's just this this lyric itself is this last part it's just like it's almost like beat poetry which it's it's i would put it like akin to red hot chili peppers where there are there are just lyrics that are just like, okay, I just needed this many syllables and this thing to rhyme. So I'm going to put this last part in here. You know what I mean? It's not confidential can kind of work in the context, but I've got potential, the potential to what, you know what I mean? <laughs> to let the secret spill. I don't know. Maybe to crack cold fusion. You know, I, I think you can, right. yeah. you can, you can take it wherever. And yeah, red, red hot chili pepper sounds about right. I mean, none of like no. even if one lyric sounds almost like like an like an idea, it's then immediately rebuffed by the next one. Right, where you're like, oh, yeah. okay, that's or you know, they also commit the uh, I, I guess a sin to some, but they just basically use onomatopoeias or scatting for some of the lyrics. Yeah. So <laughs> if you can't make it rhyme, just say noises that rhyme. Yeah. Also works well for Lady Gaga. Um, Oh, and that yeah. is not a diss. She makes some amazing songs. Definitely, uh, it, it, she she probably makes it work better than most other pop stars. So, yeah. and yeah, now for the, the annotation, annot yeah, the annotation uh, from random genius contributor, romantic encounter. Okay, they have similar attractions. They like similar looking people, meaning he thinks they could potentially fit together well. And then it's no secret. It's not confidential. I've got potential that they might be so good together. Okay, okay. So this person has separated it between the romantic counter interpretation and creating music interpretation. Ah, uh, right. the cre the creating music interpretation is somebody, as it turns out, already has a song or track that looks similar to the one that is being made, but the other one was made first. That's a little bit soft. That, um, it is, a. Uh... Yeah, it's a bit of a re it means it, it's very metaphorical. Boyfriends right. and girlfriends are lyrics, melodies. I don't know. Um, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain it. But uh, to be fair, the, the, fir um, the first uh, annotation has actually made more of an or got further than we have on, on actually having an idea of what the potential thing is about. Right. Like, linking it to the idea that. He has potential to, I don't know, win over this girl or person or score or whatever, you know. <laughs> That's what it seems to be going about here. But the boyfriend looked like a girlfriend. What? And then there's a, there's another there's another annotation to it as well, isn't there? No, that's just comments. For, yeah. yeah. 
I guess people disagreeing with this, but I'll, I, I have to log in to get started. No, okay. thanks. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fluid sexuality, <laughs> I think, is a kind of thing. And that's flirted with, I think, all across all hot fuss. Um, do you think that? Definitely. Uh, even so, the, with the song we did two, two weeks ago, um, Andy, You're a Star, yep. there's a lot of homoeroticism in that song that is interesting. Now that I look back at that song and in even this one because this one seems to take a a, a metaphorical uh, leap into a, like androgyny and maybe some sort of bisexuality or something which that doesn't really exist in later killers albums brandon is pretty solidly like i am married to a woman and this is the <laughs> you know she and he are in this relationship but now in these early killer songs you've got like this androgynous figure who could be yeah, you know, a lover could be something else. I'm not sure. Could be a killer. See? Yeah, could be a and killer. And then it fits into the whole vibe of the album. Like, I think the whole thing's a little bit more, was it? Uh, Brandon's very precious, isn't he? He always talks about, like, this stuff being debaucherous or uh, you're fond of words like that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I mean, do you think the boyfriend looks like girlfriend's like a, just a sort of yeah, androgyny play, or do you think it's maybe even like an attempt? Is it part of the rumor? If we're, if we're really going right into this thing, is it maybe like a diss by the person that's speaking? Oh, your boyfriend yeah. is a girlfriend or what? I think it could play kind of into the rumor aspect of things, you know, that it, it could be that this person that they're addressing, but it, which is it's so strange because the song starts off with like, I'm trying to flirt with this person and then now this it breaks down into this rumor aspect of things where it's like okay well possibly this entity he's speaking with is now dating someone that brandon used to and that's against the conventional norms whichever way that goes you know what i mean yeah so maybe it's a it's a maybe brandon's upset with this person he's flirting with because they're actually a lesbian and he's there dating his ex-girlfriend or something you know yeah <laughs> fun times for everyone he realizes he has no he realizes he has no chance yeah i feel yeah. he's like floating adrift um in this particular scenario or doesn't really get it yeah oh definitely yeah <laughs> anyway i'll move on to verse two which actually does quite a good thing for a verse two which is Sorry. I don't know. Sorry, it's my mom again. Just give me a second. Hold on. This should be. I'll glamp here for a moment. We're gonna we're continuing to look at these lyrics. Uh, I I'm still baffled, honestly. I wish I could read these comments from the annotator, but I can't because I refuse to log into Genius with this. But now, right now. I'm also interested in verse two because they definitely write down the lyrics as a different thing than what I would have believed them to be. Spencer, if you're recording, if you're editing this, you can delete everything for like the past 25 seconds is me rambling by myself like a madman. Thanks for your patience. Oh, no worries. That was fun. <laughs> um, turns out um, my mum solved Cold Fusion. So, oh wow! Yeah. So I mean, the riches are on the way. 
in time, I think Exxon will still try and like suppress everything. Um, oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. Let's see. You know, so verse two. Ready? Let's roll on to something new. Taking its toll, then I'm leaving without you. And that's they're the only new lines in it, and then it goes to the pre-chorus again. Uh, yeah, it just seems to be like you know mo- propelling the song back along. Right, continuing the momentum. Yeah, roll toll. You know, it's rough and tumbling. I think that's it. And <laughs> is it okay if I take this this opportunity to say how good, like how well the music works, or the instrumental works yeah. at this point? Yeah, because you know. You, you know as, as well as me that, that there's bursts of energy from the band. The band go in and out, and that's what really propels the verses forward, gives them momentum. Like I think Dave's doing this of like scratchy white noise, and you just hear the bass and like this discoy beat. And then at the end of the line, like the vocals, you know, rise up to big for a bit more drama, and then all everything crashes in, like all the power chords come in. And that's what makes both verses work. It, Mike, you're a fan of Maximo Park, correct? Um, correct? Yes. Oh, I love Maximo Park. Yeah. Well, it's very similar to what they do in, like, they're a really dynamic band. Like, everyone's pulling their weight really well. Um, and in our velocity, it's kind of like that, little, like, stabs of energy where, like, the guitar and everything else comes in in the middle of the verse. Right. And then, yeah. and, and then, and then it keeps being a come down and back up and... Yeah, like right, like you're like letting they, go of like a pressure out. valve here and there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, where they that song begins with just like the 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 simple like synth intro mm-hmm. and then the bass and then everything all together with like this rushing energy and then they pull it back a little bit mm-hmm. again to just bring it back in with full force later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I didn't even think about the with the the artistry of this song, but I it definitely I can hear it, it without even listening to the song. I can hear it in my head during this first two part, and it, that is really impressive. Yeah, and that really works. And then back down, you know, to the pre-chorus, having ain't close in a place like this, and you're almost like a little bit more intimate with the singer at that point. Like the yeah. noisy stuff happens. Then the energy down, and there's this, and there's the vocals. Like for me, that was really what makes like like a lot of the song work. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have any word, any other avenues to take that, but I, I should notice that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Just, just, just it's, it's something that you know I completely, um, sincerely think is good, and that's all. Wanted to spotlight it. Uh, Definitely. There is one. You need to take those opportunities with this song. You do. There and and yeah, and to you know, Spencer's got to edit this, and I want to, you know him to know that I think this is good, and I think I want you to know why I think this is a good song. <laughs> um, again, he'll probably just cut me out. That's fair enough. <laughs> oh. It's all going to be bleeped. There is an extra annotation to bring it back down, though. This time. Okay. Yeah. Bring it back down. Bring it back down tonight. He's telling the girl that is playing to come on down and hold. It's, sorry, this is awkwardly re- work. Uh, this wasn't proof proofread before they typed it. So he's telling the girl that is playing hard to get to come on down in a way, a plead from the narrator's mind. 
taking the music metaphor, tearing the song back down to start over again, letting the rumor of a different song already released. Never thought I'd let a rumor ruin my moonlight, ruin his work and song. This is all over the place. This is <laughs> this is quite an annotation. Hearing it, this I'd almost been on board. I'm really starting to like cling on to it with my fingertips here. Right. The rumor ruined my moonlight. The rumor of a different song already released. Yeah. But he, he, actually, this is the first time I don't really agree with the first annotation either. I think right. he, I read it as trying to bring heaven back down. He's too far away right. from like wholesomeness or whatever. Right. Am I being stupid this like, time? No, no. It does seem more like it's uh, someone trying to rein it in. Yeah. Uh, I guess metaphorically here. Uh, because the the following line being never thought or I'd let a rumor ruin my moonlight is more similar to bring being what I want to be closer to heaven. I need to get back to a sense of normalcy or safety or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Rather than I'm trying to get this girl to come on down or whatever. Imagine that, yeah. Is, is the price right? Right. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> Actually, no, that would be a more fun song. Right, yeah. it truthfully would. I mean, we could, I could, I could honestly see like an aged 60 something Brandon Flowers being the, the new host of Price is Right. Somebody told me you had a, you want a used car that looked like a toaster <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I bought in February of last year. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. It'll, it'll be the new intro song to Price is Right. Well, I mean, Brandon and Ronnie. Ronnie will be there. Oh, yeah. No. Inexplicably. He'll, he'll do all the stings, you know, like with the drums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rim shots and what have you. Actually, no, he make, he's the most jokey of the band. So he'd have to he'd have to bidimch his own jokes. <laughs> yeah, he truly would. Or Brandon just smiles beside right. him. <laughs> and just in a bedazzled sequined jacket. Yeah, they could make it work. And all the time, like um, Dave and Mark don't really want to speak, but they're on like a rotating wheel at one part of the studio and don't speak and just stand and look motionless the whole time, inexplicably. <laughs> Dave will look exactly the same. <laughs> he, he doesn't age. No. Oh. And maybe, maybe they'll, you know, they can even as a side hustle hawk all their hot sauce um, as one of the prizes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be definitely overpriced. It's all things in prices right around California prices. So it's like, oh, this jar of honey is seven dollars. You're like, good God, what? I would lose every time. Right, so like, Box of cheese, it's eighteen. Um, so what is exactly California prices? For from my perspective, I guess it must be just that anything with water or in it costs loads. <laughs> so in i guess in the united states every state handles their tax policies differently so some states have a different state tax some have an income tax some don't but california is particularly notorious for having incredibly high tax and i guess just the the goods that you buy in california will be more expensive because the cost of living is higher in california yeah so simple things like like i said a box of cheez it's in texas would be like two three dollars but that can go all the way up to like five or six dollars in california because everything on average is more expensive there 
Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like for us, it's like London prices. Um, right. I the the high, most rent I ever paid was when I had to study in London, and I had I think I was sharing the bedroom of this like apartment with two other people, and I was in one of the, one of two bunk beds there. So I didn't have my own room oh or God. anything, but it was yeah by far the most expensive accommodation ever because there's everything's such a premium. And I guess with California, you've got places like San Francisco where they can't you can't build out because there's a bay and you can't build up because there's like listed building permits and stuff like that. So And uh, everything's built on a fault line, so you wouldn't want to build up anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. For a disaster. So no. you'd be like, oh, yeah, we built this huge new skyscraper that was completely toppled by the first earthquake of the year. So, <laughs> yeah. The only way is underground they tap into that geothermal energy near near the fault lines. <laughs> that's right. Because, I mean, even if you go out further east from California, that's when you're getting into Nevada and Arizona, which is basically just uninhabitable desert. Yeah. So, so no, prices are low for geckos. And that's about it. <laughs> that's it. That's right. Tumbleweeds and geckos. Yeah. Okay. That's good that this second verse is really, you know, actually going, gone places. Yeah. Uh, I didn't appreciate before just how much it brought to the rest of the song. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like it was just a connector piece to keep up the energy, but there's more to it than that. Yeah. I'm glad we found this together, Michael. <laughs> so it goes back to the chorus, same annotation. Should we just, I think, yes. happy if just move on to the bridge? Yeah. And the last bit. Oh, and sorry, the, the chorus does end with the fact that um, the narrator's potential is a Russian, a Russian around. <laughs> can't forget that. He can't contain it's his potential. <laughs> right. It's everywhere. It's like an untamed beast yeah. rushing around. Maybe the first sign of genuine confidence and, you know, that kind of railing against the, uh, all the yeah, debauchery around the narrator. I guess that could also metaphor. That could also be metaphorical <laughs> right. for um, for you know, some perspective someone like Brandon. His like life is um, he's had an ego. He knows he belongs here. Wants to make a an impact, even among this of like scenario, or the, this arena for which is him as you know for you know being a rock star and everything that comes with it. That he's kind of fundamentally not that comfortable with. Right. You could even read it like that. I don't know. Am I making right. any sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it it speaks also to me of how, and this is this is just the first instance, since this is the first single, of how Brent, a lot of times people will say that like the best way to write music, especially pop music, is to just essentially find ways to link popular turns of phrase. Yeah. You know, you just, you just like Green Day does or something, where like everything, every bit of their lyrics is just idioms and other turns of phrase that people use all the time. And Brandon has this unique quality of just creating his own idioms because no one has ever said, I've got potential a Russian around. No one says no. that. It's not in a movie. <laughs> it's not a thing. Not in any version of English is this a thing. I think the word for it is a so, neologism. That, okay. You, that That's... <laughs> your own phrase. I like It that. doesn't exist. Um, we can look up in the background if you fancy it. We'll put a pin in that. Neologisms, like you, yeah, you, you, you've manifested them into existence, basically. Um, that, whether that's that exactly whether he's, you know, you, you've got soul, but you're not a soldier. That sort of stuff, right? 
that, that one ended up kind of sticking sticking around. I mean, this but this would be Brandon Flowers neologism. Because, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't think anybody still – that's not a thing still. Nobody's like, oh, I've got potential rushing around, man. Or even okay. a Russian, which is almost like – <laughs> um, is it first first creep in of country influence? Although you didn't think that came into flamingo, yeah. but it's actually here. <laughs> it's it's a Russian, yeah. Any verb with an a a pos or a uh, dash yes. blank uh, gerund, so a Russian. Yeah, I'm sure. That, I'm sure that's what one of the like twelve days of Christmas um, items do. <laughs> Four reindeers are Russian. Yeah, added. there it is. Now we can we can we can make this a thing. I've got potential or Russian around. I'll put it on my resume. Yeah, one of the yeah underrated. It really should be up there with like, are, are we human or are we dancer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the bridge. Um, no annotation, so I guess it must be self-explanatory. And this is the de facto end of the any new lyrics in the song. Pace yourself for me. I said, maybe, baby, please. But I just don't know now when all I want to do is try. Okay. No annotations there, but it, it isn't, I guess, like in the context of it being romance, there's no way, I, I can see why this person who was trying to force the like secret meaning of this song had no annotations for this because this does not fit with their idea of it being about songwriting at all no it's like maybe maybe the metronome is getting out of control yeah. it's, it's a rushing a rushing around everywhere <laughs> yeah. they've lost control after brandon said a rushing around brownie is just like oh, i've lost tempo and he's like got a double kick all of a sudden <laughs> just like gotta bring it back down guys yeah hey <laughs> oh fine we can be unofficial backers of the all the meaning songwriting ideas yeah, all meetings okay. songwriting theory we'll take it okay i mean do you feel any better or worse like where would you put these as killers lyrics generally i, I mean this is uh this is the staple if i was to give anybody a set of lyrics to be like this is what brandon flowers is all about it would be these this is a great place to start it's the first single and it hits those marks of Brandon's neologisms and then also just like vague lyrics that are like it kind of seems like you're still on topic but you're really not no. and I get the sensation that you're just filling in syllables with things that rhyme because it sounds good yeah and therein lies the the killer's artistry they're like a baffling mix of artifice and sincerity right it shouldn't work absolutely but it's almost kind of vagacy in that in an, an ethos that's true i mean more than anything the killers have distilled the essence of las vegas into songwriting more so than any other band you'd think it would be some sort of like big brass band or something or somebody with like a frank sinatra style singer but no there's there's much more going on in las vegas than just the glitz and glamour there's a dark side too and this song kind of mashes them all together and the killers kind of do that in general. I think so. Yeah. There's different sides. There's yeah. Like Russ Belty stuff. Uh, oh, 100%. The American heartland Bruce Springsteen stuff. Yeah. You know, tire factories and uh, 
motels you can rent for an hour at a time and then suddenly you've got like the strip and the Bellagio and the Mirage for what it's worth. Have, Absolutely. Have you I been mean, to Las Vegas, Michael? I, I personally have never been to Las Vegas. I've been to Branson, Missouri, which is like old people, Las Vegas. And I've been on a couple river boats where gambling was allowed. So that's my closest. So yeah, you closest exposure. You've almost got the vibe. You've been in a river boat. Right, exactly. But, not the, sort of, but not the sort of Tennessee-bound one. Right. And, and I always thought that was interesting about some of the like motifs and lyrics of, of especially in Sam's town is that there was like this idea of like escaping this boring town you live in, which if you're from Las Vegas, it doesn't seem like you're from somewhere boring, but I also believe that Brandon's not necessarily from like he, he didn't live in Las Vegas proper. He lived in like one of the boring suburbs surrounding. Yeah. And that's where that sort of ennui sets in. Right. You live on the outskirts of like the happening town, but there's a lot of, what happens in Las Vegas that doesn't seem to mesh well with like who Brandon is at his core. Cause he's so wholesome. Yeah. And therein lies the contradiction because he also loves Las Vegas for some reason. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think it's like trying to reconcile that in his own head, at least to half of these lyrics um, here. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I think I agree with everything you said. Like he says these things almost don't make sense and might do, but they mostly exist to sound good in a song. And even if they are quite good and reveal something, it's probably something he couldn't even articulate, which is why these you then get these like half assed explanations of the of the songs. And right. Yeah. <laughs> So, That's so why he, like, he told me he's perfect. He's, he's not thought of himself as like hugely educated. And I guess maybe that's like, yeah. He, but he he's he's got some he's got some like savantish uh, quality where he can express things that make perfect that make perfect sense in a song, but you wouldn't say them, and at the same time say like perfectly encapsulate an idea that you he finds hard to articulate. And so, you know, it's yeah. something that you would say in regular life. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I can definitely see that. No, no. So, yeah, good lyrics, nonsense lyrics, but in a way that, that's good. Yeah, in a way that works for the song that they're written for, the idea that they're trying to capture. Spot on, Brandon. Great. Shall we take a listen to the Name the Same? So, we've got quite a few here. All right. There's actually Name the Sames this week. Mm -hmm. For somebody told me, yeah, thankfully. not not, not enough for, for Tyson versus Douglas or Andy, you're a star. Yeah, right. And Tyson, Tyson versus Douglas. Surprisingly, no other songs named Tyson versus Douglas. No. So here's the first name the same, which is from a band called, or it's just by a, an artist named Charlie Puth, and it is called Somebody Told Me. Here it comes. Let's see. Oh, Charlie Puth. I've heard of him. I was just with you on your birthday and I met your whole family but on the, the uh, image for this song it's not a music video it's just a still image of Charlie Puth looking very blissful yeah almost orgasmic I think it's qu quite orgasmic actually right yeah 
suggestive anyway. So the image itself, it looks like you're really close to like a, a, a glowing oven and like the smell of whatever's in the oven is just really vibing. He's feeling it. <laughs> Ooh, this nice music guitar. Also, also better remember the sounds of things. Oh, the harmonies now. That's, right. that's not bad. This, this chugs along, doesn't it? Okay. There's a hoo-hoo. That was a, yeah, that was a nice song there. It's a very, a, a much higher level of production. Mm -hmm. very, uh, very slick, all artificial, but I think done pretty well. Right. Like Charlie Definitely. Puth had that attention song, right? And yes, it was okay, all over the radio. I was like, I recognize this name, but I don't know what I've heard him from. He did the Fast and Furious tribute song to Paul Walker, I think. Did he really see you again? That was big in the radio. Like, I think inescapable back in like you know what, 2015 or maybe even earlier. I think in my head, that was like the big Charlie. That sounds Puth. right. Charlie Puth, let's see, is is he's American? Okay, so so he can't he got he became popular off YouTube. So good for you, Charlie. It that had a very Sean Mendez feel to me. Yes, the process works. Then he's popular on YouTube, right? I'll take it. There was <laughs> I actually heard a Charlie Puth song from YouTube. I think it's called "I'm So Hot." Has to be heard to be believed. Got this of like wacky lonely island ish energy. Okay. Again, well, we'll put a pin in it for now, but I might like link it near the end if I can find it. Him as a team. I'm, I'm interested in with this. all of his friends doing quite amateurish like music video shoots and very you can tell like his first try at auto tune. It's more interesting than this song, but <laughs> this song is okay. I'd say. We're just here for the name the same, you know? We're just here because it had the, it shared the name. Brilliant. Uh, so this next one is from uh, music icon Teddy Pendergrass. So there is a name. Let's see, I'm excited to hear this. Te Te if you're unfamiliar with Teddy Pendergrass, soul icon. <sighs> you can hear the instruments there. has a groove nice nice groovy intro Somebody told me to deliver this message. oh wow yeah more than words that message right Who is he? Is it God? Maybe. This world he gave it's about society at large. Right. He's a harbinger of the apocalypse. 
Right? It really is. Jeez, there must be something like that. I'm reading the lyrics here. I mean, this it really is truly like a harbinger of the apocalypse. It's somebody told me to deliver this message to you, but it's never stated who the somebody is. And it's just some he, mysterious he, that's in all caps, or it's it's capitalized, at least in the, the lyrics. So I would presume this is some god or deific figure. But... Oh yeah, if you there's a spoken part much later in the song. We don't, you know, we're not going to listen to the full song, but there's a spoken part where he references Proverbs uh Proverbs 25:13. So I'm going to see what Proverbs 25:13 is. Thanks for that. Yeah, so it sounds like it's like um summarizing the book of revelations basically. Right. Where we need the these hard times to end. So Proverbs 25, 13, the verse is like a snow cooled drink at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to the one who sends him. He refreshes the spirit of his master. Okay. All right. Refreshes the spirit of his master. The master is weary, right. obviously. I mean, you know, maybe we're being slightly, slightly too harsh. Maybe it's just about a message of hope. Like, this tough time will end. Maybe that's probably that's probably what the actual sentiment of the song's meant to be about. But right, yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be what I mean. It's it, this is a. It's got a very hopeful feel too. Mm-hmm. I mean that like slow intro into the nice like uplifting sounding upbeat chorus. Horns, the violins. Can, there's a swell. Right. You know? Right. So I'd say another good one. Got two. We're two for two on these. No, none that I've hated so far. So let's see. Uh, the next one is by uh, oh, the Eurythmics. Okay, I'll take that. Sweet dreams were made of this, etc. Made of these. Annie Lennox is Scottish. Oh, this is from the same album. She's a heroine of ours over here, alongside heroin. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not getting that there. I'm getting. So, uh, I'm getting a pop-up to install install an extension to for watch yeah. together, huh? Maybe it's that's maybe, from, maybe this it, one's banned. Is it from a strange? Oh, it's also it's a YouTube video. Um, yeah, it's a YouTube video from uh, that I just pulled the link straight from the Genius page. Strange. And put it in the watch together. Yeah, I'm and told the videos on play. I'm told the videos unavailable. Even just when I look well, at YouTube, so it must be some. It's. Some band in my band. So uh, we'll skip the Eurythmics one. It's banned. Um, must be salacious. Yeah, must be good, though. Everyone listen to it. Pirate it. <laughs> to what and then tell us what you think about the Somebody Told Me by the Eurythmics. The next one, and ho- hopefully this one's from Das EFX, who I've never heard of before. So let's see what Das EFX has going on. Very interesting album cover. Barrett's on like a metal sphere or something. Okay. No, this has got a very '90s hip hop vibe. Yeah. 
Yeah, that really R&B influenced uh, hip hop. Sounds like he's, they're all talking about. Said life is easy. No, it's hard. Got to make that money. This is. <laughs> oh, that's almost. Wow. That's almost Zach Delaroca ish. Okay, it's on the beat, you know. Right. Got flow. That's a. That's yeah. I mean, it's a pretty groovy song there. Uh, I I do have to. So the the chorus being, you know, somebody told me that this rap shit was fun. You uh-huh. get to smoke mad weed and hold big guns. Stand on stage rocking your Tims with your sons. That's bullshit, yo. I'm out to get these funds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very materialistic. Uh, but now I do um, note, because I was reading the lyrics here, uh, one of the things they mentioned was drinking pterodactyls, which I have never heard of this before, but apparently a pterodactyl is an exceptionally strong alcoholic drink containing a half ounce of vodka, <clears throat> a half ounce of light rum, a half ounce of triple sec, a half ounce of amaretto, a half ounce of D- Jack Daniels, a half ounce of Southern Comfort 101, grenadine and orange juice. That has to taste crazy. It's a zombie from hell. And um, right. <laughs> a, a zombie pterodactyl. That Yeah, I I, I like that. I mean, because it's pretty much all the sweet liqueurs as well. What you say, we mentioned you put right. triple sec and amaretto in there. But it's also mixing so many drinks. So I'm keen to see what that tastes like. Right. Uh, I guess, just, uh, Spencer, whenever you record this, we'll have to drink pterodactyls one day. And uh, up, because 101 is also kind of sweet, grenadine sweet, and it's got orange juice in it. Just look at pterodactyl oh. drink. Oh, grenadine. Yeah. Okay. And this, yeah, because vermouth, yeah, vermouth sweet as well. But but the but the sneaking absinthe is, yeah, it's, it's the sort of thing that you probably think is like, you could probably neck and is incredibly dangerous at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's probably one you need to temper your consumption with. Makes you know, it hard to bag it. these funds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look up. Yeah. So this uh next song is is okay. It's Strong Bads. Oh, okay. This is from uh Homestar Runner, the web cartoon. And it is uh called Somebody Told Me by Strong Bad. Somebody told me that you were so stupid, but I didn't believe them, but now I believe them. Somebody okay. told me that you were so stupid, but I didn't believe them, but now I believe them. Everybody's stupid, everybody's stupid, and everybody's stupid but me. Oh, Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's point across the hits hard. I feel <laughs> right. like maybe a character from Ed, Ed and Eddie wrote this song. Right. Yes. You guys get the gist. It, this is uh, so that it pretty much just goes on like that. So I guess this is some sort of like a blues grassy, yeah, bluegrass grassy country. Yeah. Song about um, how stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think it's the I think it's the song extension of that um, phrase about somebody uh, or oh no, I've even forgotten now. It's like you 
can either spend a while worrying about people thinking you're stupid or opening your mouth and removing all doubt. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, st- I, st- I stand by the, a song that, you know, just puts that across. That and that's exactly what we got there. A very different vibe from the we, we've got we've kind of covered a wide spectrum of songs so far, which I really appreciate in this name the same section. Yeah, no, so. well well researched. Um the Spencer there. Tim. And well done, Spencer. Thanks for not including like nineteen different country songs or something. So now this final name the same is from a band called Will to Power, which I have never heard of before. Uh, but the image of the band looks very promising. It's like a buff, long-haired dude with an 80s stash. And then it, these people look very like late 80s, early 90s. So let's see what we got here. Somebody, somebody told me that. The thumbnail is different from the image on the... The image on the song is just like a... No mustaches. Glowing DJ. We just have a silhouette of a DJ. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's... Sax? Sax with Synthwave. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That's from something else. Yeah, this is the uh, mid... This is a very mid-80s sounding song. Yeah. Oh, and now we've got the moustaches and the sort of like gladiator-style hair. I mean, I like the 80s, but I've, I've, oh, I think I may just have heard too many songs like this. <laughs> you got the ice. Now that is, you got the ice, I got the fire. That's pretty much this band there's no lyrics for this so oh, and, and inspiration the first inspiration to george rr R. martin <laughs> there it is right here will to power this is the song hey. of ice and fire we found it <laughs> oh. so if you guys want to finish the series for real you can just listen to the rest of will to power somebody told me yeah spoiler alert for whenever that bo- the books come out the answer is here in t- 30 years this is Brilliant. uh this yeah, this is a, a an American pop band. Yep, from the late eighties. They're active from nineteen eighty seven to ninety one. So, I mean, this sounded. This had the very Miami Vice feel. There's like rhythm. The the very active rhythm section on top of synths. So, okay, excellent stuff. I'm pretty happy well with done, that. Well to power. Very few that, that was were actively it. bad. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, no, nothing that I was like, God, please turn this off. What is this? No children's music either, which I appreciate. So no, uh, no, no, I the mom in the same section. Yeah, the mom. Oh my god, Great. it haunts me daily. <laughs> so shall we, shall we do a couple of these? These live versions. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, now we've got live versions. So one is from Glastonbury 2004, probably one of the earliest times they played it live. Worth seeing that, I think. Oh, definitely. That's the I I'm I love seeing these old videos of the killers. So let's see. Oh wow, Brandon's look. Oh. And that stage they're playing on is so small. It's oh, it's one of the it's one of the tents. They're inside one of the tents in Glastonbury. Wow. Oh, 
Avalon or something. And Brandon has the blazer and jeans look with like a polo shirt. He also had all sorts of colors. Yeah. He also has the very serious face that shows that he was wanting to make sure he got everything <laughs> right with the keyboard there. Happy though. Crowd's responding. Here's the chugga chuggas. Young Dave? Yeah. The same guitar. There was no ooh ooh. There's an uh huh. <laughs> First bit of improv. Very faithful recreation of the hot fuss sound. You know, they could right. they could turn that out live back in the day. Incredible. I've got potential people. Brandon's letting people know. There's some of that early anger you were talking about. Just screaming out there. That's a, that's a, this is very different from the stages we see the killers play at now. No, yeah, it could, this, this, this could easily recreate the setup in a club, you know, without Definitely. all the backing singers or tend, you know, sort of background synth players. Right. There's no other. It's just the four guys here. There's no other sound guy or somebody else helping out with the guitar tech stuff. This is just them on a stage. They've got wired equipment. Pretty great. It's good. Nah. So now we get to fast forward a little bit to Letterman 2007. So, I mean, peak of early killers popularity. So this would have been around Samstown era right after Samstown. Again, just the four guys. Brandon, bedazzled uh, scent stand. Lots of rhinestones on that. It kind of be 2007. Oh, this hair though. Yeah, this is also 2004 or something like that. This can't be 2007. It's pretty much the same time as the first one, I think. Yeah. There might be... So I'll skip ahead. Yeah, it's a different part of the song. I'm not sure you probably hit that note perfectly there. Oh, oh, there's a shiggle. There, 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 <laughs> yeah. There's him shaking a little, you know. Brandon's weird staccato gyrations. Yeah, I want to hear him do the yeah. Let, 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 let him do the crazy chorus. Yeah, at the end. Big crashes and the symbol. <laughs> Captain Morgan pose. <laughs> ding ding with the hands. Yeah. He, yeah. When he wants to make a point in the, the stage, it's very much like a yeah, like a geography teacher making a point. Yeah. <laughs> I've point got straight potential. at you. 
Listen up. Yeah. I've got potential, y'all. Now, that had to be, that couldn't have been from 2007. It looked, they, he looked exactly the same. Fourth uh, of July in front of the White House, 2010. Okay, now this is intriguing. Yeah, interesting choice to play, play that. <laughs> right. Okay, and then for Obama, Obama was in office, so. Looks like, ba yeah, Battleborn era, but it must have been just before that. Yeah. Right before Battleborn. So pre-Battleborn, but the look of the band was more Battleborn. In the heart of Clark County, Nevada, in the southwest of the United States of America. I big up America. Good time to do it. Mm -hmm. You spend so much time in service for this country, and uh, it's an honor for us to be at your service tonight. And uh, so we're we're all yours tonight, people. Let's do it. Brandon sounds a little nervous. We bet, yeah. Is that? He knows Obama's in the crowd. You don't know fuck it up yeah will it, will it obama put them in the, the list of his favorite media of the year sound okay you can tell brandon's had vocal lessons at this point he's singing more with the like the higher like the more like head yeah. register of his voice So yeah, you can tell it's slightly different, but the rest of the band playing it faithfully. There's some more, slightly more swagger to the way he's moving. Yeah. The lights are much more impressive than any other stage so far. Mm -hmm. And there's a fist pump before the first chorus there. Yeah. And yeah, bigger light show. Slightly more sedate crowd, but you know, maybe they're more here for Obama. <laughs> I mean, so it's interesting to me that no matter what era we've gone through so far, it's just been the four guys. Even this show in front of the White House, no other backup singers, no Jake Blanton or, you know, Ray Swin or anybody else. It's just the guys no, no snake jake so <laughs> i think i think they found probably we found this song connected with the audiences really quickly and never never really wanted to change it since then right they they don't have to do much it's so iconic to their song library so now this last one is from 2018 so maybe we'll get some of the this is the final test this is the newest we've biggest got. chance to see this oh it's from transmit I, I i was here by the way oh wow in that and where did this take place Ran in with the dragon blazer. There's actually thistles on it because he's from Scotland. He's playing Scotland tonight. Oh. And the water tower, water cooler says Glasgow. I'm there. And look at that incredible backdrop. Jake's like, looking good in the base. Blocks. And there's uh, uh, Shadow Dave. Yep, Shadow Dave. Looking good. Ted. So no Mark, no Dave for this one. It's Jake Blanton and... Um, it feels slightly faster, actually, as well. Right, they're playing it much faster. A lot of energy. And this part's for the backing vocalists. Brand's very happy, lots of smiling. He's feeling it. He has lots of confidence. 
crowds are fans his hands and they're making a lot of noise. Oh wow, everybody's singing. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the time they got to Mr. Brightside, they were completely drowned out. There's also a YouTube video of them doing that song at this, like, the last one of the gig, and it's overwhelming. We adopted the killers early in Scotland. Incredible. I mean, it's all the same guys in uh, Shadow Dave is Ted Sablay. I, I, I was blanking on his name, but that's Ted Sablay. Wonderful uh, session musician for the Killers and touring musician. So not none of the not the full band for that one, but still pretty simple. Uh, yeah, not much else going on there. So except for they sped up the tempo a little bit. So I'd say, yeah, maybe it's the adrenaline or something, but I'd say whenever they've played it, it hits. It's not never looks like there's never been any difficulty in recreating it live. Yeah, it, it, they've got that one down to a science, which makes sense. It's a it's a marquee track for them, so I'm sure they've played the shit out they of it. They probably never considered taking it off the set list, you know. Right, definitely. I mean, that and Mr. Brightside are like crucial at this point. So well, that's all the live versions we have. And now Brandon, or I'm sorry, I'm getting Brandon and Spencer mixed up. I'm sure it'll be flattered. all the time. <laughs> Spencer, yeah, everywhere we go, they're like, is that Brandon Flowers? I'm like, no, this is Spencer. So this is something Spencer has listed this cut. This as parody slash shittery. Um, this first one is interesting to me because I feel like it might have something to do with Brandon doing his weird dancing. So it's, it just says Brandon keeps breaking his back. So let's see what that looks like in Watch Together. This is from user Magic Mike on YouTube. Oh, wow. He is. Okay. Oh, it sounds like one of these Shredsy videos. Oh, it must be. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. There's some inserts. <laughs> of... Yeah, some curly Photoshop stuff of a guy breaking his back, stock photo, but it's Brandon. Wow, this is... It's also from Tea in the Park. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow, and we got the air horns. That's all we need. That's it. Once it ends with the... So, truthfully, a meme video there. Uh, pretty nice edit though. This person clearly spent a lot of time on this. Yeah. So, uh, that they used most of the images from Tea in the Park. So, that's that Brandon keeps breaking his back. Okay, and uh, Spencer demands that we let this one get to the chorus and that we just trust him. I don't trust Spencer at all, but we'll see what happens. Okay, well I'll trust you <laughs> if you trust him. <laughs> Spencer loves to listen to the worst things on YouTube. So, let's see. This is from user the Italian brother Luigi. So far, it's exactly the same as studio version. Okay. 
good. Maybe we should have moved forward to the chorus, but hopefully all the listeners are just happy yeah, to listen see. to the song. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Oh. oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this one's just the same as before, but I appreciate in the chorus, like, they manipulated, the, like, with, you know, they've the all tuned the vocals to actually do a sort of quite nice minor melody with the chorus. And that almost sounded all right. And I'll, again, another. It really troll. did. It almost worked. But of course, another uh, opportunity to mix up or mix in. All Star by Smash Mouth. Yeah. It's like so. it's like how if you combine all the paints, um, all all the different colors of paint in the world, it all looks gray or black. I think combining all music will just eventually converge to All Star at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's that's the song. That's the world's song. Right. We have, It'll be when we become a unified nation, like in the Star Trek reality of the 24th century. That'll be our our world anthem. Yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Now, this final uh, shittery that Spencer has linked for us is uh, a medieval style. Somebody told me. So I suppose this is all medieval style music and instruments. Ooh, some mandolins here. Kind of ominous. Yeah. Uh, yes, oh, I, okay. could to- I could totally build something in, in Age of Empires to this. Right, yeah, absolutely. It's obviously an instrumental, but it's... Yeah. I, I would be happily sneaking this onto, like, some backing music at a lunch or something like that. Oh, there's some... See the little deer-doo harpsichord in the background there? Right. Yeah. You're playing lots of games to Gwent of Gwent to this. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Let's play softly in the background as a man tells you the next quest you have to receive. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, it's also Fable. Pretty much all this stuff. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's it's confirming that it's a nice tune. Some strong melodies. Uh, right. Very easily recognizable. I would know exactly what that was as soon as I heard it. Yeah, it's not reliant so. on its production. It's a good song. <laughs> I like it. Maybe I'll, I'll look up that playlist later of medieval reinterpretations. So the next section so, is mashup. Shall we do a couple of these, including the one for Spencer? Yeah, we're going to do a couple because <laughs> are you scroll? You scroll through the rest of this Google Doc, and you're like, "What, Spencer? What are you? What? What are you on?" Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I, at this rate, I'm gonna watch none. Of the uh, of the soccer tonight. Now, what, what did you do yesterday, Sandy? Well, it's hard to explain. <laughs> Where do I start? Jeez. Well, first of all, okay. It, I so this is the, these mashups. Uh, the we will play this one that Spencer said. If we don't play it, we're both fired. Mm-hmm. But we'll start with this this number one with Dua Lipa physical versus the Killers. Somebody told me Dua Lipa very hot right now. So so hot right now. Insert Zoolander reference here. <laughs> so let's hear this mashup. Let's 
Oh wow. Here we've got a synth bass line. Right. Okay. It motors along, you know, it's less of a rock song this way, but... Right. It's still hype, you know. Oh, that's good, like a call and response bit. Right. I've listened to that bit again. Just slightly more 80s vibe to it. Right. A, a, good, a, a constant good. mashup, I like that. Right. That one's, it, it all sounds pretty good. It doesn't sound like they had to force anything to make that work. I, I think that is a, a testament to, I guess, physicals. It's very, it's a very catchy and palatable song. Catchy so and malleable well. as well. Right. Right. So that's a nice one. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so we're going to go to this one that Spencer said we're fired if we don't play. And this is the Prodigy versus the Killers. I'm very interested. Is this the Twisted Firestarter? It might just no, be the, pro, the pro, pro, Firestarter is a song by the Prodigy, but it, yeah. it's uh, I think this is "Smack My Bitch Up" mixed with uh, "Somebody Told Me." Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it, it does have the crab rave crab, yeah, crab image, no, which I um, also appreciate. <laughs> crab rave imagery originated with that uh, cover of that Prodigy album, "The Fat of the Land." That's what it looks like. Incredible. If anyone you know is the of the if land. anyone's uh new, quite new to the whole crab rave thing, again it was here. I think I think people who like you know something like Stuart Price's like thin white Duke remixes of killer songs would like this because yeah. you can already tell like the bassline is going to fit well under the song and yeah, there it is. Well, that's going to be the backing part of Smack My Bitch Up. Drum and bassy. And just the vocals of Somebody Told Me so far. Okay. All right. Um, now. Hmm. Well, we are going to go with, let's go with this Katy Perry one here. Yeah. Oh. Mostly because the thumbnail is intriguing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm happy that I just noticed that. Spencer's also linked another one mixing the Charlie Puth Somebody Told Me song. I think maybe we can avoid that one. Yeah, Charlie Puth, you've already made an, uh, an appearance. So we'll go from here to Gorillas to Britney Spears. Awesome. All right. This thumbnail for this one is a anime vampire. Looking quite miffed. You're not even really angry, just slightly annoyed. Yeah, like vampires are. <laughs> Okay. I must admit, so far, not so not not bad. Not bad. I personally don't like Dark Horse very much, but yeah, I shall go along with it. It'll be the, it'll suddenly something will come up. It'll be it'll be the ramping up underneath the underneath the lyrics yeah. that'll change things up a bit. Give it some. Here we go.
It's a little bit anticlimactic. Well, the problem is, it'll now sound like a build-up to nothing in particular at this point. Right. Something's going to happen? No. Down again. But that's the problem I have with the the, the other song, so I was ready for that. It builds up to nothing. Yeah. It builds up to just kind of just more groove, but it kind of works. Yeah. No, if you're more into that and you wanted to vibe... Look, you know, look good in the booth. Nod your head. It could work. Yeah. Now, Not a personal favorite. Yeah, one of the weaker ones. Uh, this is going to be Gorillas versus the Killers. Somebody told me to feel good, so I, it's going to be a mashup with Feel Good Inc. It seems like. Uh, yes. Okay. Classic intro to Feel Good Inc. This one's kind of rough so far. The vocals again. Oh, see. Oh. This is by user Mauricio V. See, the, the, the one problem is, you know, not that I don't like Brandon Flowers' voice, but I'm starting not to like Brandon Flowers' voice. <laughs> none, none of these, all these covers are using the instrumentals to other songs. Can right. I quickly um, sit, I'll, I'll put this in the our Teams chat. Okay. Uh, put something uh, link to something that I've made. that's the opposite, just so you can you know appreciate the instrumental more. That's all right. Let's see what yeah. listeners think of this. Okay, let's let's hear this because yeah, that was truthfully just the instruments and music of Feel Good Inc. with somebody told me kind of forced in there. Yeah. It didn't seem like they changed anything about somebody told me at all. I didn't really uh, get that as well. It just kind of put those together. So, all right, you're you're putting something in the watch together. Um, no, am I linked you something in the Teams chat? Okay, uh, uh, let's see. You can click on it, and it might come through and watch together. Hopefully. Oh, here we go. Yeah, revealing myself to be a novice. <laughs> all right, let's see what we got. Somebody applaud me, Lady Gaga versus the Killers. And Sandy, you made this one? Yeah. Really, really simple. Just I thought I thought the songs really worked together. This one at Cape. No, Lady Gaga's more <laughs> urgent songs. Yeah. What's the way like Ronnie's both of these are here. mixed together, yeah. Here. That sounds good. Yeah, this works really well with the somebody told me drums. It's a slightly dancey, dancey chin. Oh yeah. You hear Mark's bass here. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to listen to all of it, but you. I thought that was just something different as far as our mashups were going. Would you agree? I'm sorry, what was that? Would you agree? Which is a bit different from yeah. the other covers, the other mashups we were doing. Yeah, the other mashups, especially the last couple we did, were basically just kind of forcing the vocal track from Somebody Told Me into these other songs. But this is the type of mashup that I'm looking for where it kind of is blending the two songs together where you're not like 
if you're, not, you're kind of like uninitiated with both songs, you wouldn't know which part came from which, you know, other than obviously the Lady Gaga vocals and uh, are going to be from the Lady Gaga song. But the drums from Somebody Told Me go really well with that, with the with the vocal track from uh, the Lady Gaga song. Great. Well, thanks for indulging me there. Appreciate it. That See, this is what we needed the entire time, Spencer. We didn't need these other mashups. This is especially that one, the Gorillaz one was pretty rough. <laughs> Well, well so should we go move on to the nightcore or start covers yeah oh yeah we're we're starting covers now uh i'm gonna pause for five seconds that spencer can insert an ad and then we will move into the covers oh wow what an ad that was and we're uh, back it really was informative yeah <laughs> and we're back so this is the nightcore version which i predict will have a anime thumbnail oh yes it does so uh, a little anime girl with like a white eye patch who's like reaching over towards you. There's an aggressive like yeah some vocal. Oh, Simpsons crazy. Whatever you call that one. That zips along. This way, this works for a nightcore. Yeah, if anything, if anything, the vocals could be even pitched even higher. Right. Because the whole thing now feels like it's going to career out of control. Let's hear the chorus hit. Yeah, it I works like it. as a nightcore song. It works. It more than a lot of other killer songs work. I mean, I would maybe even dial it up faster. <laughs> yeah, just to really play up that nightcore version. Like a two-minute song, it, proper happy hardcore right, almost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Nightcore version. Now we've also had the uh, slowed and reverb version. So in the sake for the sake of uh, balance, we'll play that as well. Yeah. It's going to be creepy as fuck, but let's see what happens. Uh, another anime image, of course, some sort of like bemused, irritated anime man with like a ascot. Yeah, the anime style is very, a bit more Yu-Gi-Oh-ish here. Yeah. But that was might display my whole, my ignorance um, of that as a genre. So we're gonna... That art form, sorry. I'm gonna start and listen to this first part and then I'm gonna try and skip to the, the breakdown. Oh, that's going to be long. Yeah. You're right. Okay, starting off very creepy. Oh, oh here we go. It. Very creepy. Oh. Some monster's about to fall down a hole. You've just like learned something that's given them like you know humanized them, but he's gonna die in a way. <laughs> yeah, I'm very thankful that that's not the real version. 
I'm sure there's some people that find it more artistic somewhere. Like so that's made it right. that's totally opened the song for them. Oh, it's so much deeper, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Not not sure it's for me. I never understood somebody told me until I heard it slowed in reverb. Yeah. I had to sit through one minute of maybe baby, please. So there's there's uh there's the nightcore and slowed in reverb version. So we're going to take some Spencer. I, I tried to put an edit into this Google Doc and I realized Spencer didn't give me any editing powers. And I tried to delete a link and Spencer said no. Uh, so we'll have to delete these live on air with uh, just our uh, discretion. So uh, out of these pro ones, which one would you like to see? Well, I think it's per- it's topical because, um, you know, of Italy playing tonight in the Euros final that we'll hear from the, the Eurovision winners from Italy. We'll hear the Maniskin cover. Why not? All right, Maniskin, linking it in the watch together. Is this a popular band in Europe? But not heard of. I'd not heard of them before Eurovision, but their their winning song slapped. That was a jury decision, I think. This was uploaded by Martina Prasciutti. A much more aggressive, raw-sounding version of the song. Maybe Royal Blood, if they've covered it, would sound a bit like this. Except he sounds like he sounds like, he sounds like he's a singer from Jet, actually. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Are you gonna be my girl, etc.? <laughs> Are you gonna be somebody told? Me? Yes. Is somebody gonna tell me? <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. The, I think in general, the yeah. guitar is a bit subdued compared to the original. Right. But it's competent. It has a much more raw, like, less pr- produced feel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the vocals being uh, a little bit... It sounds like he's got a little bit of, like, vocal fry going on. Yeah. So... That back of the throat yeah. stuff. But uh, nice job, Maneskin. Yeah. I can appreciate that. You can choose the next one. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I, let's. I've never heard of Motionless in White, but see, we've already had Richard Cheese on here. Yeah. We know what to expect from Richard Rich, Cheese. It's Richard Cheese is more fun with like the aggressive songs. You know? Right. Exactly. When he does, you know, any hip hop song or like any metal song, yeah. I'd much rather hear that than a lounge version of Somebody Told Me. Which. Mm-hmm. All right. They stole the Killers font. Yep. Bit, a bit more synth. I'm afraid that Motionless and White is going to be a hardcore band, but we'll find out. Let's find out together. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's got the vocals of a power metal singer. Right, yeah, the power metal vocals. Very faithful drums. Oh, and that's got that's got the uh, microphone. Kind of has like a like an emo scene style. A little bit, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. They barely changed the song at all. It's very similar, again. It's a cover. D different vocal yeah. style. Slightly more synth That's about guitar. it. I mean, the instrumentation is is pretty much the same. Still very dancey, so... So that's the that's the pro ones. We'll we'll uh, skip these uh, this other one, but now we'll we'll start with whatever this first one Spencer linked. These are now moving into the category of semi pro. So I guess like YouTubers and other people who are not you know making mad money off of their covers. There are no no descriptions. We're going in blind. Yeah, yeah. This is by a band I guess called Halo Scene. There's some intense stares they into the into, into the camera. Yeah. Again, it looks like they're going for very something very. Uh, Charlie says, "No, sir. No." A lot of attitude here. Good backlighting. Yeah. Again, very similar to the original. Some good acting. Some good. Good. Good expressions, good facial expressions going on here. Right. Very expressive. It's being done like a call and response between a male and a female singer. Right. And, lo and lots of finger wagging. That's probably the most rogue element of lots. this. Yeah. <laughs> this cover. They've got a Dikembe Mutombo workshop after this. <laughs> We had some stick throwing for the drummer. Got arms. All right. Okay. And then we ended on a finger. Oh, that's the perfect that that still up. to finish on. Yeah. <laughs> this is the That still guy's right badass. <laughs> He's the winner of the podcast today. He's, he, I mean, you dress this guy up in a robe. He's could be an extra in Harry Potter, a prefect. Yes, just screaming at somebody in the middle of Hogwarts. But this is okay. That was a pretty nice cover. I mean, Halo Scene does have over half a million yes. subscribers. Was it Harry Potter why. and the Deathly Side Hustle? <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, yeah. Uh, now. I don't know what this next one will be, so I'm gonna. I mean, with, since you didn't put descriptor Spencer, I'm gonna go to the next one with a descriptor that says, "What the fuck is with these reviews?" So this is "Ride the Fire." Somebody told me. Let's see. I don't know what the reviews, how we can view the reviews, because I can't see the comments, but. Yeah. Again, some backlighting, some, some professional camera. Oh, oh wow, there's the reviews, reviews on, on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're hawking themselves. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone listening, there's fat, there's there's reviews. Um, there's an advert. There's numbers on screen flying up. Call now to hear "Ride the Fire" at your local function. Wow. This is a showcase, basically, for a covers band. <laughs> it truly is. I, so it, it's spot on. This is just the band "Ride the Fire" putting watermarks 
advertisements for themselves over this YouTube video somebody told them. So I'm gonna book them for your next, you know, work event or like child's bar mitzvah, do it. We are behind they're, them. They're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a ride the fire promotional piece. So make that the new ad. Get Spencer to stick it in. Yeah. <laughs> have you listened to Ride the Fire? Well, we have. Your fire will they, be ridden. Hypersonics. Yeah. <laughs> if fire's been unridden, call these guys up. They'll be there <laughs> at your grandma's wake. Perfect. To play Somebody Told Me and other pop hits. Now, I don't know if this Hypersonics cover is the same thing, but we're going to find out. It'd be uncanny if two bands did the same thing with the same song. Let's see. So I guess this, whatever this live in session. Oh, okay. So this oh, is so the so UK's. They're, they're both clients of a live <laughs> network for the looks of it. That's it. Okay. They've got a studio for this. They go to a studio. They have you record the, a cover of Somebody Told Me. Yeah. That's, this, this, yeah, this is the benchmark for all covers bands. How well can you play somebody told me? <laughs> this guy, the lead, or if you have a guitar player, a bass player, and a singer, and a drummer, play somebody told me and we'll, we'll get you out there. Uh, so that leads, the only thing notable with that was that the lead singer looked like Macklemore a little bit. Yeah. The mix between Macklemore and Sting. So yeah, wait, otherwise it was the exact same cover. Macklemore and Sting. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, mine's going to strange places with that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they would probably write like sea shanty slash raps. Yes. If there was a real Macklemore sting mashup. So it'd be strangely funky. that was a. Uh... Go ahead. I was. It'd be surprisingly funky with Ryan Lewis in production and Sting <laughs> right. doing their like weird reggae thing. Um, I'm interested to see like a lot of the like the semi-pro stuff seems to be quite faithful to the original. I'm interested to see what the 1970s version is. Okay. Let's see, this 19... Wait, where's this one? Um, the one under, I mean, oh, okay. they're trying the all full bands. All right, let's see. All right, The Killers, Somebody Told Me, performed by Jalexis 11. Oh, man. Well, this dude looks like he's a member of the Mars Volta. Yes. <laughs> Playing... Uh, Acoustic guitar in a like a very warm looking corduroy blazer. He's shredding the acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. Engaging the crowd. He's feeling it. Crowd are into it, yeah. Now I don't know how this is coming through for everybody else, but I can only hear the sound of this in like one side of my headphones. I have quite poor headphones on right now that only have uh, one speaker. <laughs> one speaker. And he just skipped straight to that. So he shortened the song as well. So this guy kind of looks like a type of person you'd see busking in New York or something, but now he's on stage. His drummer has an electric drum kit, it looks like. Yeah. Custom space. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that was a pretty, he had a lot of energy there. Way to go, Jalexis. Yeah. Uh, though, I think you'd do better to be in a Mars Volta cover band. Nobody would know. Engaging performance. Yeah. 
I mean, only certain people have the hair to be in the Mars Volta. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely something you're born with. His looks appropriately deloused. Um, <laughs> oh, we have some ones from, we have covers there from non-standard instruments. Uh, okay. Any, any Non-standard instruments here. Uh, I'm going to do with this Minecraft. Uh, Patrick Starr is Minecraft an instrument. Um, because if Spencer gave himself away here by putting mostly ukes. Um, sorry to all you professional uke players out there, but I could by and large give a shit about the ukulele. So. All right. <laughs> oh. it, it, it's they're nice, but it usually just come. They're always like, oh, this is me in my room that's filled with lace and frilly things. And Doil like doilies and please drink yeah. coffee to this song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite actress is Zoe Deschanel, and this is my ukulele cover of Somebody Told Me. <laughs> oh, so here's the ukulele is okay. Killers. It has its place. It, it's fine. It really does. It really does. Um, I just had the the day that somebody makes a cover with a ukulele that just floors me. That's that's when everything's going to change for me. But most of the time, it's just like here's me just strumming the ukulele in four chords as I play this song. But I digress. This is somebody told me Minecraft note blocks. Now this is a, this, I'm interested. This is in Minecraft. Uh, wow, this had to have taken a very long time. I'm actually fairly uninitiated in Minecraft building or just how, how impressive this is. But I do know stock sounds. And yeah, this yeah. is a long video game-ish. They're doing a great job. But there, yeah, there's a lot of blocks. Yeah, a, so, a, a entire sea of these note blocks. The, info, the, the fortress is impressive, I'll say that, to an outsider. And this, I, I think these are like activated too, so this person had to like get the timing right, which... Oh yeah, you can see the, yeah you can see the origin of the notes and the various bits. Yeah, it's pleasant. That's nice. Sound like a ringtone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's very very ringtone. It reminds me of when I had like a monophonic Nokia eleven hundred. Right when it was like, hey, I just got this new ringtone and it's supposed to be a song and it just sounds like that. You know, like a MIDI keyboard. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's that's a. That, I'm sure that took a long time. User Sam M. It seems like it probably it's took a lot of setup. So I appreciate that. I'm pro MIDI instrumentation. Um, more than Ukes. You're pro MIDI instruments. Yeah. Only because so I have a MIDI keyboard, MIDI so I have I have stock in it. <laughs> now the the only thing with MIDI keyboards is I do a lot of karaoke mm -hmm. and. Singing, getting up to do karaoke, and the song you pick is a MIDI keyboard is very underwhelming. That is disappointing. Okay, a, you, yeah, you, you want a karaoke backing track to be pretty much on the instrumental. I'll, I'll give you that. Right, it has to be faithful. Otherwise, you're just going to feel a little let down. Now, we're going to go straight to this choir, and that'll be the last for the non-standard instruments. I completely skipped over all the ukes, so take that, Spencer. <laughs> the one sa main sacrifice we're making here, Spencer. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. 
Choir rocks the killers. Somebody told me. Oh, it was Vince Gilligan oh, wow, here? a lot of people. <laughs> Vince Gilligan and a large group of white people doing a killer. Choir, choir, choir. That's what it says on the screen. Oh, wow. Oh, listen. It's almost gospel-y. Yeah. Oh, some of the counter melodies here are good. The low harmonies are nice. I'm getting proper pentatonics now. Wow. Solo hoo hoo. Brave. Yeah, I appreciate that. I honestly almost wish that someone had th that same person, the solo person who had done the vocalized version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the camera person. like just spins <laughs> round <laughs> and can't place with, with the origin of this thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who is it? <laughs> There's a hundred people in here. No. That's a huge choir. So more bigger choir than I was that expecting. Is, uh... Packed out like a what looks like a dressing <laughs> yeah, I mean, room. They, they... Yeah, it's a it's a huge good bit. Apparently, this is a, a well known. This is a channel called Choir Choir Choir. They have two hundred and forty k subscribers, so it all tracks. Now that's it for non standard instruments. Uh, we are going for Spencer's benefit to play one couple with acoustic, which is you know, I think what Spencer strives for in a relationship is to play acoustic music in your living room. <laughs> I mean, it's a goal. Oh, this is two, uh, two guys. One guy wearing a University of Texas like performance fleece. I believe that's what that symbol is. Uh, well spotted. And then I would know. Uh, a the other guy's just wearing some sort of normal. It says Heelys, but I don't he think he means the shoes you can skate in. Oh, finger snaps. Right, acapella. And then the power cards come in. He's not doing chugga chuggas. <laughs> but to be fair, the, the guy singing's got a decent voice and he's going for more jazzy yeah. interpretation. He's, the guitar's ramping up now. No ooze. Nope. There's a gang sign there, really quick one, blinking yeah. and that's it. <laughs> oh, at the end there, right up and down the fretboard. That was nice. That came from nowhere. Nice guitar work. I'll take, I'll take that. No hoo-hoos, but a fun, fun little performance. Some, some proper, unique, <laughs> idiosyncratic quirks there. So that was a, that was a nice cover there by Scott and Ben.
Should we go so, for a Gerwig? Yes, we've got a Gerwig. <laughs> well, there's multiple here, but we'll do this. Uh, we'll avoid one. the one that Let's isn't see. even a Gerwig. Yeah, the Gerwig in spirit. I don't know what you mean by that, Spencer. But the only spirits I'd like are the ones that comprise the pterodactyl. <laughs> there's there's gonna be pterodactyls flowing yeah. later on. <laughs> I'll only need like one or two, and then I'll just be asleep. So yeah. Okay, guys, got the perfect Gerwig look. Uh, beanie indoors with like a beanie beard cardigan. Some, and he's actually got a Bruce Springsteen shirt on. Oh yeah. Breaking my back just to know your name. He's feeling it. He's had it really had it with this game. I also appreciate Gerwigs where they show off a part of their personality in the room and it's clear that this guy collects coasters. Yeah. I'll take so, it. Presumably from different places. Some are ones looks like a rugby shirt. Right. There's no way that came from America. And one's from Canada, maybe, or at least yeah. like some Canadian product. And there's some images from a photo booth on the top right there. And oh, yeah. a demonstration that book, books can fit any which way in a bookshelf. <laughs> I read so much, I don't even have room for them. <laughs> Not orthodox room, anyway. Um, <laughs> Good bass in the background. It's playing pretty well. Yeah, have this I on the background. It's like slower. Yeah, it's a very. It's like a coffee shop version of something. There's that sort of rhythm going on. Yeah, French cafe so, even. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something you just turn on and have on in the background while people enjoy their lattes. Yeah. Some girls could only work in a. In, in the bit in uh, the person's bedroom that one could see the light of day right that one truth truthfully could it had good sound production too which is not what we usually get out of Gerwigs it's usually everything going through the same mic mm -hmm. and it's a laptop mic from like an HP that was bought in like 2003 so thankfully that was a nice Gerwig sound quality now we've got here vocal cover over an instrumental so this is intriguing i'm gonna see what that pans out to i mean if spencer's highlighted this you'd hope if it's just over the instrumental it might be uh hoping for a good vocal cover right distinct vocals user kelsia made this the image looks like some like museum somewhere i guess or maybe like an event center Now this is Gerwig energy right here. This is just the the backing track of the actual song. And it's that, you know, like liberal interpretation of vowels style of singing. Yeah. It's okay. The the picture, the stock picture they've chosen is like an architectural showcase. Right, yeah. Like, it's either a museum or it's an event center. Hmm. Yeah, there's an ex there should be an expo there. 
Well, that was like the Gerwig in spirit, truthfully. <laughs> it was somebody just singing over the backing track, which luckily they used a still image that looks nice instead of doing it awkwardly in like a white room. So, Oh, I see we have to Mr. Sons and Max Power. Can't avoid either of them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no way. And it looks like it's all the characters. It's people we've had on here before, so... Um, are we doing all of these or do you just want to go with Mr. Sun's 10, AKA Godzilla fan and maximum power? Yeah. If you're good with that, I'm good with that. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. This is uh, pod legend. Godzilla fan 9,000. Oh, and he's standing for this one with a Foo Fighters shirt. Oh, and an electric guitar too. This is even acoustic. Uh, Ernie ball strap classic. Oh, we had that noise at the Guitar Hero mistake noise. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's a very realistic game, folks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. It's beautiful. Oh, we did the low, low version of the chord there, low chord voicing. Sounds good. I love Mr. Sons, I should say. Do you? Yeah, it's so earnest. So earnest. You know, if anyone was to meet the band and deserved it, it'd be him. Who's all out there and honestly almost comes up with his own melodies for this song. Right. For the, for the vocals. How is he going to handle the intro? Is he going to hit his guitar? I don't know. Nope. Somebody told me you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend. Then I had a February last year. It's not confidential. I got potential. Oh, perfect. Went for it. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Mr. Sun's rocks eternally. Yeah, and that, that now that was the hardest rocking Mr. Sun's 10 Godzilla fan cover I've ever seen. Uh, my one note, Mr. Sun's 10, is to do your laundry, dude. Like, what is this pile <laughs> over here in the corner? You got to take care of that. It only it's invites questions. Mildewy. <laughs> right? Who are you, Spencer? Come on. It's just... Okay. No one's, no one's seen Spencer's room, but if you did, you'd be scared. So... I'll take your word That was, uh, of course, Godzilla fan. And now we've got, of course, Maximum Power, the college days. <clears throat> Green shirt, plaid pants, bold choice. Oh, wow. And he's got like the... Uh... This almost sounds like the beginning of like an Evanescence song. Oh, I'm getting unstable connection, so I'm probably behind you right now. Ah, caught up now. Intense strumming. Yeah. Breaking my back just to know your name. It's 17 tracks and I've had it yeah. with this game. Nice instrumentation on this one. He's mm -hmm. doing a good job. He's changing when the chords are muted and when they're ringing yeah. and open. Like this, I said, 
Oh, it had oh, those yeah. notes He's as well. Yeah. Yeah, nice Great. strumming there. Very good strumming patterns. I like this. Ooh. Well done. Ding, 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 ding. That's oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, I I have a lot of respect for for, the, for this performance here. Great stuff, Max Power, as always. That was filmed in 2015. Uh, I guess that's the college days. That's nuts. It seems it's not seems not that long ago, but I guess it's only six years. So. Pre-Trumpism, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pre-Trump. Uh, well, great cover. That's the end. That's the end of the covers. That's the end of it all. We made it to the other side, as somebody told me. We've gone through a journey. How many people will join us? Jeez. Yeah. The, um, it is an iconic song. That's why it has the cultural legacy. It obviously does. It's taken a while to get here, but um, do you have any particular like thoughts overall come to, come to your mind? I don't have a distaste for the song. Obviously, I've heard it a bunch of times, but I, I, I and now I've heard it even more as you listen to it about a hundred times just for the pot alone. Yeah. But I, I think it's, I think it's a great song to encapsulate why the Killers got so popular in the first place. If you weren't, you, it, but at a, at the same time, it's almost one of those you had to be there kind Maybe. of things. Encapsulates so, a time and a, a place in music. Like it, it's one of the more zeitgeisty songs. Definitely. Crucial definitely. part of I mean, why they got big. Yeah. And it's right at the top there. And it, it's not there. It's, it surprises me that it's not their most popular because for a long time, you know, Mr. Brightside was kind of like the secret hit from Hot Fuss and everybody loved it. And it's since wildly surpassed any other killer song in terms of popularity. But yeah, I've got my theories why, but that that's for another podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you may have, which I may be totally have no fingerprints near. But it's looking forward to see what you guys deal with it. And I think um, for me, somebody told me, great song. I'd like it to turn up in a set list because of how well the crowd would respond to it. It wouldn't make my, like, if I had to make a top tier Killers album, it wouldn't quite make the cut. But I'm glad it exists. It's close. It's Absolutely. Well, we've done it. Uh, Sandy, thank you so much for your help with this episode. No problem at all. Um, fun. Thanks for reaching out to me. Um, hope you and Spencer feel it like contribute as well to your ongoing journey, which has still got a while to go. You won't be finished before they've got another album out, so that'll just extend <laughs> the end more and more. <laughs> we'll be doing TK7 as well so once that comes out. So yeah. uh, it, everybody out there, if you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to us, following us on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to visit us on Twitter and interact with us there, you can do that at twitter.com slash soul of a truck pod where Spencer's always there and always being Spencer, which is a delightful impish figure. Uh, if you like images and handmade memes, uh, come visit me on the Instagram at instagram.com slash soul of a truck pod. We have a Patreon as well. Spencer would know the actual website, but I don't. It's patreon.com slash soul of a truck podcast. You can find us where you can find our episode notes and other nice things. One day we'll record other exclusives, but, you know, we'll get there. All There's right. a couple we'll of bonus episodes so on there. Um, I can vouch for That's them. Right. I can vouch for this series. Um, very grateful for being invited on again. 
hijacking a little bit. But yeah, please keep listening and you guys keep doing what you're doing. It's brilliant. Thank you so much. And everybody, uh, as always, we really appreciate it. And bye. I love you. Breaking my back just to know your name, 17.